Tonight, as expected, Democrats took over the majority in the House of Representatives while Republicans actually gained in the Senate, also as expected. Oh, now you figure out how to predict these goddamn things, screamed Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Idris Elba has replaced Blake Shelton as People Magazine's sexiest man alive. Well, so at least People Magazine has flipped Democrat. According to a report, millions of voters asked Google who to vote for on this election day, which is why here on the Trump Report, we can give our official projection as the new Democratic senators from the state of California, Siri and Alexa. <laughs> Rihanna is the latest artist to ask Donald Trump to stop using her music at his rallies. Honestly, if Rihanna wanted Trump supporters to stop listening to her music, she should just remind them that she's an immigrant. And finally, Ted Cruz defeated challenger Beto O'Rourke, who apparently didn't realize that all you need to defeat Ted Cruz is a string of garlic, holy water, and of course, a mirror. The Trump Report starts now! You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz That's right. Welcome to the midterm election special. (laughs) Why are the lights purple, though? Uh, In honor honor of Prince. Yes, that's true. It is a purple Purple wave. wave. It's a little little blue, a little red, a little uh, everything to go around. Welcome to the Trump Report tonight. Uh, We've got a uh, mostly full house uh, and not a fuller house, but uh, I am Christian Blatt, joined as... Almost always by the one, the only, Chelsea Galicia. Hello, everyone. And Tamara Brown. Is this the Who we're listening to? This is Alice Cooper. The song is called Elected. He Uh, wants to be elected. Oh, got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I know the Who song you're thinking of, and it's not Squeezebox. And (laughs) at the end of the desk, the one, the only, Scott Moore. Hey, guys. And your corner of the desk is the decision desk. Because we always have you watching all the the polling, the the exit polling, all the data, anything that is late breaking. Uh, You know, uh, two years ago when we did the presidential election, we had Scott coloring in a map. (laughs) Uh, We don't have enough room in this studio for that. So just imagine that that's what he's doing. And it would be very tiny if you were doing all those little house (laughs) seats. (laughs) You know what? I kind (laughs) of wish we did it. Very The shapes are really (laughs) bizarre. Very gerrymandered. District 2 in Rhode Island. You would have to know the shapes of like all the counties and parishes throughout the country. Uh, And on the couch, our friend Brooke Solis. Thanks yes. for coming out here so this evening. Here. I'm glad that Scott Moore is the Steve Kornacki of <laughs> After Buzz TV. I love it. Uh, and on the couch, joining us for the first time, should I use the middle initial? Is it just Paul Daniels or Paul K. Daniel? What to. Yeah. Oh. K. Do we hear Paul? Because I didn't hear you. Paul K. There Daniel. we go, yeah. right there. Yeah. And Paul, you have the distinction of sitting on the couch, which uh, for those of us that were around during the Trump versus Hillary's <laughs> days, that was known as the Trump of dissent because it was a where we would occasionally have a voice that maybe disagreed with the rest of the panel. Uh, Brooke, you're sitting on the couch. I guess I guess he's on the cushion of dissent. But uh, very like quickly, tell us... A, you, well, there's a lot for you to dissent about. But, uh, <laughs> Paul, very briefly... Uh, first of all, welcome. We really appreciate you being Thank you here, for having me. especially yeah. because you are a bona fide conservative libertarian. And uh, in the two plus years we've been doing this, I always try to get those on the show. And every <laughs> once in a while, we do get so one. Rare yeah. in we, do, we do get them, <laughs> but it's very yeah. difficult. So thank you. Uh, and you're uh, because you're here, I would like to start with you. How do you feel like tonight's going? Oh man, kind of interesting, and I still don't even know. There's news breaking all the time, so I don't even know what the full 
Yeah, I mean, the, the indication been. is that, uh, you know, I think that everybody's projection, you know, people, look, people are scared to be in the projection business these days, go figure. But <laughs> uh, I think that uh, pretty early we were getting projections for Democrats uh, taking the House, and it was just a matter of how many seats. Uh, do we have like a sense right now, Scott, where that is? I'll, I'll let you check if you don't have the answer. For, or, for which part? For the, the Democrats in the House, like what they've picked up. The or, well, it's still right around 218 officially, okay. so that's basically around the cusp for getting the House. But, you know, we have the districts out here in California that we're going to wait to hear back on. And, of There's course, those could, those could turn red. That's what could definitely happen in California. Uh, but uh, and then we'll see what's going on in the Senate. And you know, we're going to be on for a little bit more than that. We'll be on for about an hour, 45 minutes tonight. So uh, when there's late breaking news, mm-hmm. Scott is just going to start you know, yelling into the mic. I have something important to talk about. <laughs> Uh, so, Paul, where was sort of your thinking heading into today where we might end up uh, at the end of the day? I was pretty optimistic. I was thinking that actually it was possible to pull off the House and the Senate. It was well, a minority opinion. Vice President, What's optimistic for you? I don't, I'm well, not no, sure I understand. To, to have both. To have both. To, to for, re, 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 retake, keep the House and keep the Senate. And uh, Vice President Pence would agree with you because uh, he predicted that uh, Republicans were going to keep the House. Um, but, you know, uh, it doesn't look that way. But I guess, Scott, as we, no. always, as we learned two years ago, yeah. is it impossible Pretty much now it is. Okay, because because California is really no, but I mean pretty much already because they have the numbers they need in the House, and it's already a foregone conclusion. We've already had Nancy Pelosi speak, and you know it's pretty much a a done deal for the for the House. Oh, will we get around to talking about whether Nancy Pelosi will remain? Will remain, go oh, back, return sure. to oh, we're, the air. We are definitely going to talk yeah. about that yeah. and why it's such a terrible idea. But Can I just do my Mike Pence joke real quick? Oh, since yes. you, oh, so time, yeah. <laughs> since you mentioned it and almost halfway said it. Well, uh, Mike Pence predicted that Republicans will retain control of the House. And if anybody knows about control, it's the man who's never had an orgasm. <laughs> but only when Mother lets him. Anyway, uh, so the... Uh, so, I guess because it's all up in the air, uh, I don't know. Would you say you're finding any of this disappointing? And by that, I mean the show you're sitting on. No, I mean the uh, the the returns, what you are seeing, uh, or uh, do you feel like it's, you know, it's it's not really a resounding reaction one way or the other. You know, it's like if Democrats even came close to getting the Senate, there could be something to be said, right? Yeah, I think um, I'm just being honest with sure. what I've wanted to happen right because we totally traded text yesterday accept. so i know i know what you yeah, were i think there was uh, a margin of error one or two percent of some of these seats that could have gone and it was kind of anyone's guess on the early voting numbers which was coming in and people wondering would that translate what would actually happen with the early vote how many would come out so there was many things that were up in the air the media wasn't reporting too much on how much the early voting had been in favor in like nine out of the ten closest swing states you had them polling way ahead republicans turning out more than 2014, some states 2016. And so it was, we got some momentum. Will it translate on the day? We'll see. So I kind of went into it saying, that would be ideal. I'm completely willing to say, okay, well, the Senate, where Trump really wanted to pick up his seats and really wanted to maintain his, his majority in the Senate, where he was going hard with all of his rallies, I think he did succeed in keeping his is you've got Holly, you've got, you know, oh, breaking Mm-mm. news? Mm-mm. Kramer, you've got, um, <laughs> we're still waiting on McSally, but you got Cruz. And I mean, for me, honestly, as a conservative, 
to see Gillum lose and Abrams lose and Beta lose, lose where they spent so much money, $70 million in Texas, and you have yeah. so much money I, spent, and the blue wave is coming, the blue wave is coming, it's unstoppable, we're going to... We're gonna I, we're gonna reject everything Trump's. I mean, I, I would say that there no, are definitely not. like blue splashes when you look at the map. But sure. if you think of a blue splash, you think of those like weird toilets that have the blue water in it, and then that's the kind of yeah. splashes <laughs> we're getting around the country. Uh, but you know, it's it's not resounding, but it is definitely. Mm-hmm. Look, a lot of people what they had the opportunity to vote for were house seats and it uh, looks like a lot of people there what they were in, what was important to people was basically to reject the last 2 years and i, I don't know historically i'll turn to scott for this how is it happened like twice in 200 years or something that the you know the midterm mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't go against the uh, the newly elected president. I mean, Correct. that's uh, and I, I won't put you on the spot as to what those were, but well, if definitely you... 2002 was the right. most recent after 9/11 when George W. Bush was in the White House. That was the most recent, right? So uh, I think that this was to be expected, and mm-hmm. I think that look, there's a lot for Democrats to be happy about, but it's also not. It, it's look. To have things go the way you expected, I, I joked about it in the beginning, but it's like, oh, well, things didn't go the way they expected two years ago. So it's like, at, at least there's that. But um, I do think it's important to point out that with what the House, the Democrats taking over the House shows us and that districts all throughout the the Midwest and how how successful d- Democrats are, have been tonight in Kansas and things like that. It's like. I think that's very indicative that Democrats are no longer the party of the coasts. Like we're seeing yeah. now all of the the purple the throughout the entire the country. Yeah. And to piggyback off of that, if you go even deeper, more local, I think that you'll see that there was more of a wave than we see on the national level. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Uh, by the way, our friend in the chat, Shareable Texas, welcome, by the oh, way, uh, refers to it as a purple puddle. So the splashes are just, you know, sort of. That's why we had the purple lights earlier. <laughs> and I think Beto can really be proud for the showing that he made in Texas. I mean, I. Oh, yeah. I mean, given that Texas is such a red mm-hmm. state and there are really strong conservatives, the fact that he. And, and he's made a national um, wave yeah. as well. I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Beto for president 2020, which <laughs> I, I like you keep out. putting the accent. On Beto. Well, well <laughs> that's because, Beto. I yeah. Mean, I mean, El Paso, you know, Roberto Beto. Thank well, what you, I what I would say is Robert perhaps Price. they needed a Beto candidate than him, <laughs> someone who actually could have won. Oh, but uh, oh, the skateboarding didn't do it. The, well, the I brought that up around. on the show, and everybody was like, "No, that's not well, pandering." You got to say that the, he really is a guy with true morals and character, and he was able to really talk about uniting both red and blue. And I feel like that really stands for something. I mean, I hope that we start to move in that direction because it's really needed. Mm-hmm. I, I think it would be oh, let me just say I think yeah. it would be great if we move uh, in that direction and I'll definitely give you a second uh, Paul but uh, what I do want to talk about is sort of this idea that uh, he makes sense to run for president in 2020 but Paul your thought yes. first yeah just real quick on uh, Robert Francis uh, our work here um, <laughs> not going to call him given that That's name not, as a child yeah. literally yeah. when mm-hmm. he was like three the years morals, old I mean look and we all remember President Barry Obama so you know it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, it's just, he didn't it change his name to Ted I mean <laughs> Raphael, but it's when it comes to Beto, I saw a person who took every single position you could possibly take. And when you say the most patriotic thing you can do is kneel for the anthem in Texas and be anti-gun and for single payer, there there isn't a really mixture of bringing the right and the left together, the red and the blue together. You see stark differences in philosophies and ideologies, and that's important to mention, especially in a state like Texas. Well, yeah, because I would, he tried to take every position possible. No, I would actually disagree with you on that by saying. 
and I'll, I'll say across the board for the candidates that went full on progressive to see how close those races were. Like in Texas, when you saw Governor Abbott win re-election by over 20 points, Mm -hmm. and you see between him and Ted Cruz, it was only a couple hundred thousand difference in a state like Texas. You see Florida, where Andrew Gillum ran on progressive ideals, less than 1% difference. There could be a recount tomorrow. You see Stacey Abrams. And I think these people that decided to go full-on progressive and didn't apologize for that, instead of what Democrats have done in the past in a lot of these states, is, oh, let's be moderate Let's um, be lean conservative, and uh, we have to cater to uh, the moderates and the conservatives of the state. And these candidates did not do that. And I think as you look at the future and you see some of the uh, propositions that passed in a lot of these states, too, you see the women that won. You see LGBT causes that won um, by huge numbers, uh, LGBT candidates that won. Uh, I look at it as overall a mixed bag, but a lot more positive for Democrats. You look at the governors that won informally. Uh, red-held seats. You see a lot of stuff today that looked very, very promising for Democrats as we head into 2020 because the math was always on the Republican side for this one. This was uh, the Senate seats. I, I will say I'm a little bit disappointed by a lot of the Democratic incumbents that lost because I yeah. thought incumbency was going to help a little bit. But if you look at the math, it was the worst for either party in the Senate in over half a century. For for moderates, especially, yes. because Democratic but, moderates and Republican moderates, those are the ones that lost their seats. But you see, going in the future, the math changes uh, exponentially for Democrats for the Senate. Right. Take yeah. 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 Just, uh, just uh, on that, so I, I think it, a perfect example would be somebody like Claire McCaskill. Like, mm-hmm. this is just, this is not a year for Claire McCaskill, you no. know, to be in, Claire McCaskill. Right. In a, it in was a very or red Heidi state. Headcan. Well, yeah. but I was right. just going to bring her up. I feel like that is so not her fault that the Supreme Court comes in and says Native Americans right. can't vote because they don't have an, a physical address the way that most of us. And Kramer you know, also had best. name recognition. He was the only congressman for the whole entire state of North Dakota because the population is so small. So you had statewide name recognition. Rick Scott had statewide name recognition and millions and millions of dollars to basically... Rick Scott has only won every single one of his elections by 1% or less. So the fact is I see a very, very split country that's very close. Midterms are always difficult for Democrats. I, overall, am very pleased by the numbers that we had and uh, the direction that the country's going. Right, but to be devil's advocate, I don't think that uh, Republicans have a lot to be that upset about. You know what I mean? The, if losing the Senate would have been like, oh, hey, wait a minute. Right, the Senate. You know? because, because if they if they lose the House and the Senate, you know, then sure. then it's like, well, then it turns into every week is the, you know, the impeachment and the, you know, because everything has to stop in the House. You know, the Senate's not going to, you know, advance anything that they aren't interested in from the House. Um uh, there are going to be a lot of investigations. That's what yeah. the oh, yeah. next couple of days <laughs> yeah. are going to be about. You know what? When, when Republicans had the House, there was a and lot of votes. Did you, well, there were, right there were a Wait, lot Paul, of votes. Paul had a thought on well, that. And we'll I... get to that in a second. <laughs> there, there, Republicans had a lot of uh, votes to repeal Obamacare when they had the, the House. You know, So it's like you can, you can do that stuff as much as you want. It, it's just you're just doing it so you can say you did it. So it's like we're doing this investigation. We can't do anything. You can't, you can't bring articles of impeachment if you just have the House. But I do want to let Paul. Uh, make his point. And I still want to talk about Texas. It's still here in my head. But anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, a, a few things. Um, back to your point, I think it is vindicating for Republicans that everyone who voted no on Kavanaugh lost their seat. Had Camp Donnelly and uh, Kramer, they all. I'm going to to West Virginia. Only, the only okay. person who did Not was true. Manchin, who voted yes. That is true. Because right. the only person who voted yes was Joe Manchin. Oh, that's seat. interesting. I actually so didn't realize who that. Voted no against Kavanaugh, lost their seat, and it was proven later on that people did start to drift away from their parties after. 
that was exposed or that people started saying we have problems with this and they started contacting their their local senator right. saying which was something we talked about I can't voted in favor of him no, no, she voted. The only against person who did was Joe Manchin. But she, I, I'm, I'm one blaming that one on the Supreme Court decision with the Native Americans but that's, would, not yeah, being yeah, able to. I, the, I don't know that the that, that decision impacts. Based on Native Americans. I don't think that impacts that every she state lost. though. That Heidi you're, you're talking about lost. one race is yeah. impacted yeah. by that. I don't think that's why they lost. I think they lost because they were in very red states that were defending states that Trump won by ten points or more. And you see Montana, John well, Tester is in the lead right Trump now. Trump won West Virginia I, by over fifty. So I think it could no, be I'm saying John Tester's winning Montana, he voted no and he's winning in a very red state as well and he's he's I think it could be too. sort of a, so a you know, a chicken or the too. egg thing where they may have voted against Kavanaugh because they knew that they were kind of in trouble and they were trying to maybe bring people into the fold that weren't necessarily uh, yeah, going I to be there. Just bringing up, it's a nice vindic- for, from a conservative position. It's a nice well, vindication for all those who only Joe Manchin was the one who said, "I'd consider it. I'd consider voting for Kavanaugh." It used to be, as Lindsey Graham pointed out, and Ginsburg herself pointed out, it used to be not this so neck and neck, fifty-one, forty-nine. It used to be in the eighties, nineties. Are you right. qualified? Mm-hmm. And then you had this kind of split, and so you had people saying, and Manchin was the only one who really took it seriously. Everyone else, Donnelly, and across the board. They all said no. Again, and John Tester, voting. and he's winning in Montana, so that doesn't well, quite John hold Tester Let us, no. uh, for no, those John that, Tester voted against the Kavanaugh, and he's winning in Montana, is what we, I'm saying. We do no, have, no, a, we have a great chat right so. now, so uh, anybody who has thoughts on that, uh, please join in. Um, I wanted to sort of circle back to Texas for a moment uh, for two reasons. One, Shareable Texas does say, as Shareable Texas, I'm sad about Beto, but that means that Brooke needs to run next time, and... Doctor Who geek, thanks for watching this show. <laughs> chimes in Brook twenty twenty. So uh, you, you really guys should keep it coming. You should really get your last name figured out before you put your first name on the ballot. Okay, <laughs> yeah, obviously, right? Yeah, uh, I am in California. What I was wondering about uh, a state like Texas, you know, where you know, look, you do see, sure, Beto's campaign spends all this money, but you do see sort of this groundswell of support. How have the uh, as a Texan? That's why I ask you. Former well, yeah, but it's still it's in your blood. Come on, it is. you know. I mean, uh, but what's has there been a change there where you're starting to see that it's not, you know, that it's a little bit more of a mix? Like you would think, like, okay, well, Austin might vote for Democrats, but then the rest of the state wouldn't. Is is there a little bit more of a mix there? And I know you don't live there well, anymore, ask but Scott can verify. If you guys look at the major cities, Dallas. San Antonio, Austin, all of the border cities, they all were blue and have been blue for quite Mm -hmm. some time. So it's more of the uh, bigger cities that remain Democrat. And then there are all of the rural Bible Belt cities that uh, are red. What I was mentioning before about Beto was that when I say, you know, strong morals and character and uniting us, I'm not saying that he wasn't holding strong to his policies, which Mm -hmm. he has. What I was saying is that he ran a race that wasn't dirty. It was mm-hmm. a clean race. He didn't take money didn't from any organizations or any fingers, any PACs. This was all money. You know, you said he spent <laughs> a lot of money. Actually, the wow. people donated money. Millions of people donated, from donated money, as well as just like a, a Tamara mentioned, he there were a lot of um, negative uh, uh, ads that were run not by him, and he denounced those ads. And he never, like she said, pointed fingers. Or went to to you know he never hit below the belt like Ted Cruz did and has and so for me that was refreshing to see really and I do believe that um, it's just a matter of, of the people who are in those rural areas who have always been Republican and I think will remain steadfastly Republican 
who still hold hold power there in that state. And even though he lost the whole El, El Paso section of Texas, the El Paso side, which is where he's from, and and that part of the border is blue, where previously that's it, it picked up all uh, Democratic House seats in those in that region, and they think it was because of Beto lost, but his influence is what helped those House seats in that and, region. Uh, I know. 2020 is a long time away, but, you know, not as long as, as you would think if you looked at a calendar. Um, I, I would say that uh, why would you talk about this guy running for president when he couldn't win Texas? Like, why, you know, if he can't because win I, that state, I think, I think, what red states is he going to do well in? I think in? that he could really, um, uh, really win favor in the entire nation. I mean, Texas is, is one of the most conservative states. Sure. And he made such a strong showing in one of the most conservative states. So I think that nationwide that he has the potential, more than any other candidate that I can think of right now in terms of Democrats. Well, that's, that's the real just, problem that Democrats have. He has so have. much charisma and it's well. factor and such strong messaging that the, that the U.S. really needs. Strong messaging in terms of, like I said, morality sure. and true charisma and character. The the, the real this question is, is, I mean, I think that, phase. I think like, what we need an ISO just on I'm Paul. Just saying, no, I'm but uh, am I, I think, am I making you uncomfortable? Not at all. I'm having fun. Uh, I would say that uh, it's more a testament to like. Yeah, who who should Democrats want? And we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. Uh, there aren't a lot of, uh, you know, when you have to throw Joe Biden's name out there, you know, it's like, could you just have anybody who's, I don't know, maybe this side of 50? I, just as a thought, I don't know. I mean, I know that might be, might seem ageist, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you gotta, you gotta go for something different uh, this time around. I don't know. When I see Beto on that stage and speaking, I see a future president. Well, I think he would be, he would connect with people better than Joe Biden would. I absolutely think it would be better than he Joe Biden. He clearly makes the yeah. right so, uncomfortable. So, yeah, exactly. Well, no, so, so a few things to that. Uh, number one, there's a border town that had a Democrat running mayor that had won for 140 years plus and flipped Republican. It was largely African-American, Hispanic, and it kind of confused everybody because it was close to the border, and they said these were normally going blue, what and it flipped to red. I can't remember the name of it. It was over summer. It was a special election, and um, it, it hadn't gone red in 140 years, and it flipped. And the thing with Beto, I will give him this. I will say he is um, not ashamed to be what he is, which I appreciate. So he's a leftist, in my opinion, and he's okay with that. What I don't like is, like, the, I'm not a leftist, but I really am, which is I think you have problems with some of the senators in the House who run like that, and they, they try to say, I'm not this, but really they are. And well, so more I'll left compared Beto, to you, but not No, I mean, like, left. single payer. I mean, I mean, like, not were positions that used to not be so uh, the, the, the Clinton era, if you will, mm-hmm. or just going back to the party of JFK, that the party's completely changed from a conservative point of view where you had, uh, the, it's not the party of JFK anymore. And so when you have someone who just embraces it, I'll give Beto that. I, I won't give him the moral standpoint from, you know, him denying his, his DUI in the police report and saying that didn't happen. But he has at least that going for him. He's like, I'm honest, but I'll take all these positions, which the majority of the country I don't think are in favor of. So I do but get that. you do not believe that the majority of the people in the com- country are for single like payer? Yes. 100% not. Mm, I'm just on that, so, too. I also think. Because yeah. I, I, I saw yeah. numbers, but, like, I, you know, numbers lie. People, people 
I'll let Christian come. Well, back no, I just think that, that the like, majority of people just, actually don't care. No, but I see. You know, I see. I mean, look, that's not true. Today. I'm just <laughs> saying that somebody has to be. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think that the majority of Americans uh, care about single payer. You know, and why? I think they why do. they think healthcare they, they do, is absolutely. really expensive? That, that was and, on the top of the list of, of voters' concerns this, really this time expensive. around. Yeah. Absolutely, and and I think when you look at when you look at progressive causes, you see that overwhelmingly people do support that. Well, they definitely care about it more than they care about the. Individual, which well, which individual is people. definitely you know bumped way down on the list now. You, I I don't know. Do you, do you have we heard? Was anybody like a global warming or a climate change candidate? There were a lot of, during in, any in of this. Florida. There was you know because there was that um, the red, red tide, tide mm-hmm. fiasco. So yeah, I think there were some environmental issues that. But it's not it's not the hot button issue. Uh, is uh, mm. I would say that uh, not on the put, list of things per se, of, yeah. like immediately, but I do think it is, and I think there were quite a few people um, that have put that on the top of their list. But if you're looking at just the general uh, progressive things, one handily on ballots across the nation, uh, expanded Medicare, legalizing marijuana, uh, having the felons restored their voting rights in Florida. In Does Florida, that happen in anywhere else besides Florida? In Louisiana. Um, oh, okay, that's if, so huge. There are huge things, and again, when you when you take that out of the equation, you start just looking at the issues. Progressive issues tend to win where, where, across the country. Where do libertarians stand far. on restoring voting rights for felons? Well, I Is there a position? Well, where do you personally? I mean, let's put it I, that way. Where do you stand on that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it depends. I think there, I think it depends on on how you do it. So. I think Florida's position, I'm not sure if it was how many years, and they said not to sex offenders or murderers. I think you, you, I'd like to look at bills individually and, and, and try to decide from there. I don't think there's an overall position except for one of more freedom and more liberty and less government. So overall, I would say most conservative libertarians just want the government out of our lives. We do believe in the forgiveness of, of like, oh, if you've served your time. So if the states want to decide up to themselves what the voters want, and they decide, hey, we're okay with seven well, years. Well, that's what it was in Florida. Because they, the, well, the I'm not felons bad, had... I'm not saying that's necessarily right or wrong. Well, what, what was happening with that is that too. the felons had to appeal after, I think, like 10 or 20 years, they could appeal to have their voting rights restored, but they were consistently denied. And that's what the problem was. So, so to say that... You know, it, it should be up to the people, meaning the elected the justices uh, that are that made the decision. That's that. No, I'm just saying I, I don't work. know exactly what Florida. I'm being honest. I don't know exactly how it went in Florida with all the judges and what the what the pros and cons were when I heard about the amendment. But I did. I don't think necessarily. My first personal opinion is. Well, wait, I need to hear more about... Well, the point that you raise that. about, you know, there being certain crimes that, you know, maybe you don't actually get to vote. Uh, and what did you say? Murderers sex and sex offenders? And, murders, and they said, no, they wouldn't have theirs yeah, I'm okay. Based on very little, I'm okay with them not voting. That's fine. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I feel like it's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, they, so it just but the majority of felons are not... Right. No, no. But yeah. like, you know, so, yeah, somebody who got... Uh, you know, caught up selling one rock too many of cocaine. Well, they could probably vote. That's probably all right. Uh, What I want to ask, starting with Paul, is uh, President Trump tweeted out tonight, tremendous success tonight. Thank you to all. 
Would you say that Love this is a tremendous, a tremendous success, or just a? Eh, not I could have told you he said that. With I didn't see. You I didn't, didn't need see to say that. No, no, but look, we all look. We all could have predicted. We could have all written yesterday. What do you think President Trump will uh, mm-hmm. will tweet? It's part of his charm. It's he, part of his beauty to me. And I'll explain why. He is beautiful. By <laughs> no, 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 I mean, look why. at look at this. Look at this man. Oh, you can't man. see him in you the shot. You truly believe that he's charming? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. And the thing is, is he's not the only one. No, no, I'm just. I'm just make confirming. <laughs> what most people, uh, I think, don't get about his brilliance, actually, in my opinion, is that oh, he's always brilliant. pushing towards the positive side of things, always. Which is why it makes no sense when people call him. Oh, yeah. names that makes me laugh out loud. When he okay. calls That's women fine. pigs yeah. and dogs, only when they're pigs and dogs. Come on. Wait, no, hold so, on. I really want to feel. I want to hear you. I'm fascinated by that. I'm, I'm fine. Five on one. Let's do it. I'm totally <laughs> no, fine. Just, I'm and I, I would love to go through each and individual case if you'd like. But what I'm trying to say in the overall point is that Trump is someone that understands the psychology of things. Like when he talks about the stock market or things moving in a general direction, he's always going to say this is the best. This is, gonna, this is the best. And the reason why is because he understands the psychology of why you push something to get to an eventual direction of something. So if you start saying, well... Um, I don't know, it's not the best economy in the last six years, but the last 10 years, he doesn't deal in that way. He understands as a businessman that what you say is, we're pushing for the best, this is what we're doing. So of course he's going to look at the things from always that prism of, this is the best we're trying to do. And of course it was a success. From his point of view, he rallied in all these 11 different cities in the last week, unheard of actually, from what he was doing, three in a day. No one had ever mm-hmm. done this before in a midterm election. <laughs> Okay. And he got a lot of these different <laughs> sorry, senators. I'm sorry, it's making People me laugh. can laugh while they're talking. It's fine. No, no, it's or, funny. And then he can also, he also got Holly. He got high He got all these different senators, which I think is one of his goals. He didn't get the House. Because I, I, I don't have, I don't know what the updates are. But I don't mm-hmm. think from a larger perspective, from, from my perspective, of someone who does support our president, when he says it's a tremendous success, the people who take the bitter side of it and say, oh my God, he's the, I just laugh and say he's injecting positivity. And he has some well, the thing that I think you're absolutely right about is that positivity and just limited vocabulary. Okay. Right. But the the everything. Everything. Well, not everything. even that. No. I mean, he's just repeatedly put down so many different people in so many ways, and from wh- calling the porn star he slept with a horse face. To I mean, sure. look, that's just, that just shows I mean, how is he that has positive? that just shows he has bad judgment. <laughs> you know, who spends hundreds of dollars to sleep with a woman as a horse face? Well, and then he lies consistently all the time, and he he. Uh, caters with fear. That's how he runs. He fears talking but about a caravan coming. That's what he does. But that's, that's not, fear. That's not that's, positive. That's fear. He runs on think, fear, scaring well, people. I might have to you institute. Wait, 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 hold on. So many people. I just don't understand. We're doing the thing that we usually don't do, but is where we're all talking over each other. There, we have plenty of time, so everyone can speak. But I want to go first because uh, well, because I want to. Uh, but like, to, yeah. to Paul's point, it, you, like I, did I just say that there's plenty of time, Chelsea? Uh, to I wanted because we've gotten away from the point that I wanted to address. Paul's point about President Trump is that he is a businessman, and what is he selling? Well, for him, he's selling America. What do those red hats say? Make America great again. So if he says if he says that this is the best economy, well, it doesn't matter if it's exactly. the second best over eight of the nine years or whatever you said. You know, it, that none of that matters because it's like, well, look at that is the best. And if you can point to it and be like, well, it's good. Eh, so you know, he uh, he's trying to sell you sell you a used car. It's all right. It's fine. So I think that to the uh, to the base, but then also I think there are people who go like, well, I don't know if I like this guy, 
but I kind of like enough of what he's doing where they're able to just go like, yeah, I don't like I don't like the way he talks about women. I don't like that he says the press is the enemy of the people. But you have fake enough news, people. people. You never said the press. What the media or he said fake news is the enemy. Fake news. Is he the never said the he press. He does say was. mainstream media. Mm. Okay. Well, look that. Not mm. saying that's splitting hairs. So it's like whatever it is. There are people that don't like those and things. He's trolling everybody. They'll yeah. still look the other way because of <laughs> other things. Difference. Is the point that I'm making now, Chelsea? But he calls CNN he, and NBC yeah. fake news. So that's right. what you know. And the that's, failing New York but Times. That's different than saying that New York Times is failing. Is the enemy of the people. He has never stated the press is the enemy of the people. I think that's semantics. No, 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 no. It's the most striking contradiction. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, discernment you can make in what he's actually doing and how the press interprets. But his that's words. what. But so what he did, so what he saying, thinks is is fake news, which is anything that he doesn't like. Right. Exactly. No, that's no, not. No, that's it's positive. not actually. That's, that's not, not positive. So everybody can agree. No one would like fake news done about Chelsea. Wouldn't like fake news done about Chelsea. Right. I wouldn't like fake news done about me. He's just saying no one likes fake news. But he never said the press is the enemy of the, media, of the American people, which is what the press then reports it as, saying you're against our First Amendment, you don't want to sin, you hate all of us. He's I'm, completely I'm sh- actually using his freedom of speech to say, wait a minute, I can push back. Either, he did. I How think many he times literally says, says, CNN, MSNBC, you yes, are... They are fake news. He's never said they, they are the enemy they of the people. And then they report what he says. Well, which is <laughs> like never not said they're the enemy of the people. Oh, my Lord. Um, really? Yes, he has in So he does say the fake news media, but it's a matter of perspective. As to it's what he thinks is the fake news media. Right. So he says the fake news media. You and look, you can disagree. Right. right. But he's he is well, saying one's the First Amendment of our country and one is not. So he's That's specifically citing the New York Times, CNN, NBC News. Right. So if you think that those are all fake news, then that's what he's saying. Do you believe that they're all fake news? That no, everything that they point. report? No, so I'm asking you, do you it believe everything that they report is fake and therefore you can blanket statement they are <laughs> fake news? <laughs> so – so when you say, just like, I had a tremendous evening. I have it, a quote. Trump says press is out of control. Well, that's, that's different. Yep. Thank you. So once again, proving my point. Thank you. He never said the press is the enemy of the people. And you got, he even trolled everyone the other day saying, check out my tweet two days ago. They said that I said that, that the press was the enemy of the people. I said it's fake news. Everyone can agree. No one likes fake stories about them. And I think you all can agree. Many have been done towards him that are unfair and not right. One is a First Amendment issue which is what everyone's trying to say he's trying to take away. He's like Hitler, he's like Stalin, they go nuts. And he's saying, wait a minute, you guys keep doing that when I'm not. When, when he says, oh, we're going to tighten libel laws, which you can't really do, no. that doesn't mean... And he never has. But, when, but that he sentiment is not a... Lincoln has, Woodrow Wilson has. So, All right. But he's the one who's never had. So, there's more transparency in speech than we, ever. And we will definitely move on from this because there's plenty <laughs> more to talk about. Hold on a second. I hear whatever you're watching, Tamara, so uh, turn the volume off. Uh, the, so a tweet from President Trump, February 17, 2017. This is basically what we're saying. The fake news media, parentheses, failing New York Times, NBC News, ABC, CBS, CNN, is not my enemy. It is Ameri- the enemy of the American people. So what you're saying is definitely splitting hairs. He is saying that those outlets are the enemy of the people which is, uh, I think, not constructive. But that's not actually the point we were making. The point I was making is that some people are like, oh, I don't like that, but they still like the results. Yeah. Uh, Can and I just then, say yes. real quick, in, th- in three seconds of Googling, I found a direct quote saying the press is dishonest, the press is out of control. That's, that's, I guess that's, there's something I mean, wrong with that. depends on what you're say, saying mean, the in the press. The press is dishonest. Yeah, and he they have been. And, they ha- and there's many, many examples to prove that. But saying they're the enemy of the people 
is what gets the media hopped up on saying you're against the First Amendment of freedom of the press, and you're trying to shut down our voice. There's, it's nonsense. There's never been more vocalness towards the president. There's never been more people allowed to say what they want to say, more books written, oh, wow. more podcasts done. I don't think than he has to say that history. directly. I you think can, that it can be inferred just based on back. all Nothing of his tweets is what he's trying to get at. Okay. He's saying, oh, wait, you called me Hitler? You called me Stalin? I'm going to push back and say that's fake news? That's awesome because no, you shouldn't be calling it. Well, I, I always think it's stupid when anyone calls anyone Hitler because uh, there isn't anything that uh, oh, can compare to – Well, yeah. I'm not saying that they don't. <laughs> I'm just saying that. it's always stupid. It's like so, so you know, look at the – you know, do a little bullet points of uh, what Hitler did and yeah. what anyone has done since. Uh, and, you know, uh, well, I mean not, not even Pol Pot is Hitler. But I do want to move on uh, because I wanted to talk about – uh, Nancy Pelosi, who uh, seems to already feel like she gets the big gavel back and she should be the Speaker of the House. And uh, I want to start with uh, Chelsea. Do you think that she is someone who best represents the Democratic Party going forward? Or should they maybe find someone someone new? Yeah, absolutely. I think they should find somebody new. Now, this is somebody I appreciate everything that Nancy Pelosi has done, um, but she is very representative of the old guard. Um, She is a great fundraiser, which has made her very popular, but that is not the brand I think that the Democratic Party should have is like our head honcho is the best, you know, fundraiser from a lot of the very corporations that we would like to see regulation or some kind of um, crackdown on. So I, you know, I appreciate her. She's been a great leader, and it's time for somebody else. Uh, I'm not going to say like, "Oh, let's do uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez" or well, somebody of that I, nature. I, I, yeah, I don't. But, I don't think you get that in your first day on the job. You get <laughs> yeah, to be exactly. speaker of the house. I don't think yeah. so. she might think that. But I. She might. Uh, what is this? <laughs> Christian, you, you, she's you, dumb you for missed, day one. You missed the shows where I, I uh, talked about her. Yeah, but I would, I would really, I would really like to see somebody else uh, hold that position. With all due respect to her, but I think we need a new leader. I mean, she shouldn't want it, but of course she does she because would, she's a yeah. career politician. Uh, even Storage Yard Resident says Nancy Pelosi needs to quit. Uh, that's a little bit of an inside joke because uh, Storage Yard Resident, who's been with us from the beginning, is, uh, of course, a, a very uh, right-leading individual and not a Nancy Pelosi fan. Does anyone here think that Nancy Pelosi should be the Speaker of the House and that she is indeed representative? Okay, well... well uh, no. I, I do, but I don't. I think she needs to be on and for a limited amount of time. Um, I think, again, the proof is in the pudding there. She's been able to mobilize over the years and get the support of the Democratic Guard. But you could say the same thing about the Republicans when you have the oldest elected president uh, as, as the leader of your party. So it could go on both sides. I do think that uh, what I've heard is that she would go on but not run for reelection uh, in 2020. So I think there is a, a changing of the guard. However, most of the people that are in the uh, Democratic Party right now are also older, too, like a lot of Republicans. But I think at this point in time, it's probably good for her to be speaker and then uh, for her to be able to say, look, uh, um, in 20, it's time for me to pass the baton to younger when, when, when people. When Democrats stayed home, you know, that's, you know, the days of when Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi was, was leader. And so if she... You know, these we've got these new fresh blood of, of voters, I, yeah. energized and wanting, you know, for change. And then if you put in such a moderate, who 
she's not going to take up single payer. Not even a discussion well, about. I, I I don't know if she will because I think she's she seen so the party lean it. lean more to the left, and her district is very much in support of it. I think she but does she, need to hand it over, but I think right now you need to get those younger okay, two months. Can we give voters. her two months? Maybe? So uh, <laughs> well, Tamara, I, I know that you uh, to some extent echoed Scott's sentiment. So uh, what what would you like to say? In, I know in, I'm alone in this, but. Um, Brooke was saying earlier, I don't remember what topic, but how we need to, you know, sort of bridge the divide, which is what I say all the time, even though both parties are leaning further away. But I need I I am in favor of the Nancy Pelosi's and Dianne Feinstein's and the the moderate, you know, the John McCain's R.I.P. that uh, were able to reach across the aisle. I think those are who we need right now. Even though everybody else is wanting to pull away from on each each party wants and, to lean further ha- further away, therein lies the problem with the Democratic Party. Is mm-hmm. there, I, there are people like me that I'm like that is absolutely not what we should be doing because that's what we've been doing for the last thirty years. As the right moved right, we moved right also, and so that's how we've gotten so Agreed. far off. But the this track. is ve- we're so in, we need in a to go- very different climate now than. 10 years ago. And the idea that uh, Nancy Pelosi will be Speaker of the House, I think it it sort of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, this idea that Democrats don't have enough stars. You know, we are very celebrity driven Mm -hmm. and the people that they're talking about running for president. You know, look, when uh, Barack Obama spoke at the 2004 convention, I think people were like, we got to vote for John Kerry. Can, can we can we write in this guy? This guy's great. Speaking of people who's great, we'll be joined in a moment by uh, Drexel Hurd. Uh, but uh, and I know Brooke, you you have to leave shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Drexel so will take my place. What, Drexel trading places. Will t- yes, trading places. <laughs> but what I would like to make sure, uh, Brooke, just sort of to get some uh, overall thoughts from you about uh, tonight. And uh, any any what do you think the important issues should be for Democrats and Republicans over the next two years? Just sort of what you think should be the, the biggest focus. Well, listen, I think that overall we should all be really happy. He's happy. And I think that a lot of Republicans are happy with that. They've retained a lot of these seats that were kind of the big ticket, you know, Gillum, Bethel, Abrams and and. And Democrats should be happy that they took the House. Now we have a true checks and balances system, which I think is really important. Um, I am still, and maybe I am a little more moderate, I do think that we need to start to try to work together and kind of build those bridges instead of tearing each other apart because we keep just getting further and further apart and I don't know maybe that's the Texan coming out and me right. living in California. I like, that. I like that part. I would I would love that. I just don't know that we're I think the point of us getting further and further away uh makes it less likely that uh that we will that have we'll that. Ever get yeah. To it. I think I think that uh, the time for that unfortunately has passed and unfortunately Brooke's time on the show has I know, passed. I but have to go. If people, I'm a busy uh, woman. If people want to uh, keep in touch with you, it's at Brooke Solis TV. At Brooke Solis TV. And, uh, you know, you, you don't have to just uh, come by when it's midterm elections. You can no, join us on our regular, our regular Tuesdays at 4. I'm just finishing up my last year of law school, getting that last year uh, in. Woo-hoo. So that I can be here to yes, start to prepare to campaign for 2020, that's as you right. guys mentioned. Solis 2020. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I like the ring up to that. Uh, all right. So uh, we have we have a great shot set up with the three of you, and then Brooke's about to leave. <laughs> so uh, and then we'll bring uh, we'll bring Drexel in 
after. So people can see him right now who are watching, but uh, we'll <laughs> talk to him in a moment. Uh, so uh, thank you, Brooke. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, Scott, <laughs> what are you? You are constantly refreshing and yeah, updating. Just what are, you, to... are you seeing any good uh, any good numbers? Anything? Any hard hitting uh, results? No. Anything that uh, everything's still too close to call. Looking at the Wisconsin governor's race, it's. Literally about a thousand point, a thousand votes apart, and that, um, so that's Scott Walker Scott as Walker always. Scott Walker and Tony Evers, the Democrat. Um, the Tester Senate race is only forty percent reporting, but John Tester is still leading by nearly four thousand votes. So okay, that's good. So those are the ones I'm waiting on right now, and I'm starting to see the House votes come in in California here on some of those uh, districts that are you know potentially more Democratic pickups here. Uh, well, we are, in fact, joined by the one and only Drexel Hurd, oh, Drexel, hey. who uh, at some point this evening texted me, uh, oh, I should be there in half an hour. I'm leaving Santa Monica. <laughs> and we're all like, okay, well, we'll see him in about an hour. So that, that's was, right. about, that was about right. I came for the second hour. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Second that was, uh, you know, we we uh, we kicked Brooke out. No, no, Brooke was always, <laughs> ha- always had to leave at 10. Uh, so, uh, and, and, time, guys. and by the way, you, yeah, you know us, good. but uh, this is Paul K. Okay, Daniel, next to you. We just just met, but for on camera, it doesn't count. And uh, you know how much I love Republicans in this (laughs) setting. I've already watched watched enough to where I was like, "Oh gosh, it's going to be like." Do I need to throw some Skittles around here? Wait, did you bring Skittles? (laughs) I did. I forgot to eat before we went on. So that's my mistake. I only brought them for. Oh my god, I forgot about that. We did that last year, didn't we? Yeah, you guys threw Skittles at people. We didn't throw that. We did. No, no. We just ate them. Ate them. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Drexel, because you're uh, coming in now, uh, I'd like just sort of overall thoughts for what we've seen. I mean, I've talked about how the Democrats taking the House, to me, not a surprise. Republicans keeping the Senate, also not a surprise. Uh, individual races, I think there were like one or two that were like, oh, that didn't go. The-. But for the most part, it kind of went the way that like yesterday, if I had mapped out where I thought it was going to go, it was basically this uh what about you what are are you surprised by anything what are you happiest about as well two I, questions i think i'm very happy that uh, nancy pelosi will be speaker of the house again oh you just you missed us, us talking. Uh, yeah. you just and, talked about what a terrible uh, idea that is and, yeah. and, um, but well, but I, I think just overall, obviously, I'm, I'm glad the Democrats have taken control of the House. Let me just interrupt for a second because Juliet has found an amazing photograph. Uh, you guys will have to look up to see it. But everybody <laughs> at home can see smiling President Trump and smiling Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> because uh, And that's the one thing that uh, I, I would agree with uh, Tamara's point is she's shown that she's somebody who uh, would at least be wanting to uh, work together uh, to some extent when she's not – busy trying to get his tax returns and setting up impeachment hearings and those sort of things. I think issue by issue, she might be like, oh, we can work together on that. But anyway, uh, so those are the things you're happy about. Right. I I mean, I think there's some great races across the country that that we can be happy about as well. Um, Chelsea and I were talking earlier about somebody that we interviewed last year on uh, Political Mm -hmm. Beat, uh, Garland Gilchrist, who I'm sure that Gretchen Whitman has won in Michigan, uh, which makes him the lieutenant governor, uh, which is insane. 
He went um, from he went from being a city clerk yeah. candidate to, to now governor. being lieutenant governor within if you within find months. A real charming guy. Listen to that go, guy. Go he is right. really charming. So, yeah, I think Paul's a charming guy. By the way, I, <laughs> that I should put that on the record. <laughs> I happen to be on that episode. That yeah, 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 yeah. You're on that episode. This guy is really great. Oh, really yeah, that's right. Jack likes to do a show called Political Beat. Everyone on the panel was on except me. That's right, and that's why you stopped doing the show so that you didn't have to have me on. But anyway, we're glad that you're here. Yeah, so I think that there's some 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 really great wins. Um, obviously, you know, losing the Florida governor's race, losing the the Georgia governor's race. I wasn't necessarily like banking on, and I think uh, part of the the problem that I saw going into this election, at least for Democrats, the the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, was that they put all of their eggs in the Beto basket instead of putting their eggs in the red state Democrat the Democrat the red state Democrat basket uh, and trying to protect Heidi and uh, Joe Donnelly. Um, Joe Manchin already was going to basically win uh, after he voted for Brett Kavanaugh, but protecting Claire McCaskill, some of those red state Democrats uh, probably should have been a priority instead of sending all of our money to Texas. Well, for, but did for, we? For did they send all the money, or Beto himself? Raised I think all Beto, that I, money? what I mean is what I mean is Democrats across the country. I mean Democrats across the country put all of their eggs in this Ted I Cruz see. beating Ted Cruz basket yeah. instead of saying, "Oh man, we need to." Re-. The the problem with the Democrats sometimes, and we talk about it all the time, which is we really love somebody, so we put all of our eggs in one basket. Instead of where Republicans are a little bit more strategic, and, yeah. and they'll be like, "Oh well, I'm, I, I kind of like this guy, and I kind of like I this guy. And maybe they can win, and so we can pull our resources elsewhere. And maybe they will win, maybe they won't win, but at least we have not put everything into one basket. And in this case, we spent so much time talking about three races across the country, two governors and one Senate race, that we forgot about some of the other important races that we needed to protect mm-hmm. um, than just win. Well, and I think uh, part of that was that. I don't want to say we got complacent, but we thought that the incumbency was going to be enough to put some of them over the edge, like uh, Donnelly and and uh, Claire McCaskill, who had been around for a very long time, and having that incumbency, like Joe Manchin, who's been a very popular, you know, he was a former governor of West Virginia, is very popular, statewide recognition, you know, it was going to be very hard to topple, and I think a lot of these other ones still, I think that uh, Democrats got caught up thinking that the incumbency was going to hold for the Bill Nelson of Florida the Claire McCaskill, Missouri, those races and thought they wanted to focus on the symbolic wins. But, you know, I, I would say, too, I'm very happy, like we we're going back to about progressive wins again in very red states like Idaho, Utah, Nebraska, all expanded uh, Medicaid tonight as well. Speaking of Utah, we have Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, which is not a surprise. But, but what like a, what a race that was just so yeah. like, meh, yeah. okay. Like, I feel like he was like a constituent of one. Like, he did, probably didn't have a big rally because like nobody cared. Yeah, like, Mitt, you won, great, let's yeah. do it. Um, so. Do we know anything from West Coast at all? No, I mean, that's what I'm for, trying to get those results in. Gavin Newsom. Uh, well, yeah. uh, <laughs> no so we've got uh, Diane Feinstein. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that the Feinstein was like a 56 uh, 40 split between uh, her and De Leon because I didn't hear anything from De Leon since the primary. I mean, I heard that he had issues raising money, and you know, I still voted for him because I just wanted to push us that <laughs> well, way. And I, did you, I, wait, 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 sorry, you voted future. for Gavin Newsom or the... Uh, for, I'm talking about... For, for Senate. Oh, for Senate. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there Dylan. was enough um, left-leaning people on the ballot, like down ballot, that people could have picked and choose. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Are you talking they, nationally? I'm talking about, I'm talking about California okay, in general, California. To okay. where Kevin, of course, was going to pick up a significant amount of people because there were, at least, there were enough 
left-leaning Democrats on the ballot statewide where he yeah. could have made that. I'm actually surprised Feinstein won because even though I just said I voted for her, but there were so many... Every single every um, voter left, guide, every yeah. left leftist voter guide was saying De Leon, De Leon, to the point where some of them were like, "Not Feinstein, <laughs> she's ta- just like vilifying." I mean, her. I just, I, I just unfairly. think every once in a while you can, you know, rotate new people in. Yeah, uh, I, but, I think but, she should have retired when, when I really do. She's eighty-five years old. She's going to be ninety-one when her next term ends. It was time for her to retire. But I think again, she still had. Name recognition across the entire state. She won every single county against DeLeon for the primary. Sure. And I, Republicans didn't have a choice. So if they were voting and they're thinking for them, they're going to vote for Feinstein. So I never thought in doubt that she was going to win. What I'll say is if she runs numbers. again when she's 91, then I think she should definitely, uh, definitely I'll vote for her. Because, no, I, I, <laughs> no, at 91, I'm like, oh, I just want to see this. Um, Paul, I, are you registered to vote in California? or yeah. so? Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to know, is... Is there ever a sense as a conservative libertarian that I'm going to go vote, but it doesn't – yeah, like – yeah, I mean I I don't mean literally what's the point, but it can also feel like I know that my vote will be counted because it will go in the little machine. Yeah. But it's not going to really make a difference. Is it – is it – no, is, is it at all daunting to be in California or do you maybe focus on some of the down ballot uh, Republicans that you know maybe do have a chance, you know, in the state house or something. So I kind of look at the the full picture. Um, you vote because you should and you want to, and you do it because it's a good thing to do. I'm from a military family, and so voting is very sacred to me, just in general. Um, that being said, this state will eventually turn red, and I'm confident that it will. <laughs> wow, yeah. really just got li- we're laughing because it got loud. That's, <laughs> no, no I, I was uh, laughing at that. Actually. Oh, I I'm really laughing at that. Yeah. I think it got loud. So yeah. that's yeah. great. That's fine. Um, I, I actually <laughs> well, I mean, do think. I do think eventually um, things wait, move in, in swings and pendulums, <laughs> and I don't think. I don't think the leftist progressive view is going to answer California's problems. I do not think people will realize in the end that the Silicon Valley. This idea of, of progressivism that we see and why we see such high debt and unemployment and this, these drastic disparities with uh, tent cities all over the place and what's happening in San Francisco, I, progressivism has no answers to those problems. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people responding to that. So before, <laughs> before, no, before people jump in, what I want to say about uh, times where you would think that, oh, there are there's obviously a lot of representation of mm-hmm. Republicans in California would obviously be uh, Reagan and then also the recall that led to President Schwarzenegger. President Schwarzenegger. Governor Schwarzenegger. Which I will say that I don't know how many of those votes were people who believed in him and people who just thought well, like – Well, the recall I, of Governor Gray. Yeah, but voting just – Voting in. But voting for that, how many people were just like – I can't believe I get to vote for the Terminator. I'm totally going to do it. You know, or people who are like, you know, because I do know that his his message did respond with, uh, did connect with some people. So those are sort of moments where you see, but there's not really consistent, you know, uh, you know, and again, he's a movie star. So there's something to be said right. for that. But I don't know if I see California, the, you know, if, if that ballot initiative to split the state up into three states had passed, I could see some of those individual, like mini, you know, what, Northwest California or whatever it was, which I don't quite understand why that was taken off the ballot. Because it was considered unconstitutional. That's but, why they, mm-hmm. they pulled it. But off. I like the idea. We could split all <laughs> the states into three states and have 150 states. Um, so 
Uh, Drexel, I, I felt like uh, something that Paul said, or several things he said, you wanted to address. But I wanted to sort of touch on the point about, you know, Republicans who have done well in California, but it's not, it doesn't seem consistent to me. But again, I'm a carpetbagger who's only been here for 15 years. So, <laughs> well, well, as the as another military brat sitting on the couch who is <laughs> clearly on the other side and has been on the other side before, I saw the light. Um, oh, me too. I was. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe <laughs> you're still in the dark, buddy. You guys saw different lights. We definitely saw different lights. We went through. We went through different tunnels. You saw his light. He saw yours. It's the fork in the road. We saw different lights. I see the light. Look, it's purple. Anyway, sorry. We'll let Drexel finish. Well, first, to 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 kind of just kill that whole idea that Republicans would eventually take over California. We, we, Californians have 19 million registered voters and a majority of them are Democrats. Um, and so the, and, and the California Democratic Party has done an enormous job of recruiting and, and talking to voters across the state uh, and making sure that we have this supermajority that we have now. And I don't see that going away anytime in the next decade. Um, so we just won't see that any in, in our lifetime. California won't be there because we have too many. Uh, uh, we we actually care about people in this state. Uh, speak like, for <laughs> speak for yourself. By the way. Speak for yourself. Um, I don't care about anybody. Except um, but, this exactly idea, but this idea. But this idea. But this idea. But this idea that San Francisco uh, is littered with tent cities is is insane. Uh, you know, okay. I was just there and I didn't see any, and it was top fine to me. Um, so, you know, it's almost like that caravan talk that, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that Republicans are talking about now. It's like, you just say shit and it's easy if it sticks and there you go. Um, and so the caravan doesn't exist. I'm confused. I, I don't think the caravan exists oh, in the way oh, that do we want to go there. I don't think the caravan. Really I don't think the caravan exists the way that we're, the, the way that we're public. Like the caravan do. when we have 45 minutes left. Sure. So, uh, but, uh, but I just mean, to about that, the, 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 sure. the state will turn red, um, it, and it'll happen in a way that I, I don't think most people will expect. This will be a longer conversation, of course. But I do think I do think the same way people couldn't understand why Trump won, in the very same way that you will see in our lifetimes, 100%, you will see it change. I mean, I just think that when you have 100%. centers like Los Angeles and San Francisco that are, you know, they completely negate, like, the Orange Counties and Riverside Counties. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so... I think if there's a, a huge population shift in some way, but uh, well, also, if you are worried about the caravan coming here and voting, <laughs> do you think they're voting for Republicans? Well, also, because yeah, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> like, if they are coming, they're not going to vote. They're not. They're definitely not going to turn red. But uh, that is more tongue in cheek than actual. Uh, I don't know how much point. time we want to spend on this, but the fact that uh, you know California is already so um, forward when it comes to green energy conservation and and green initiatives and trying to, um, you know... You just mean progressive ideas in general. And as... But especially when it comes to anything environmental. And as California is being affected by, like, fire season is now year-round and that's personally affecting more and more people's lives, which will have an even further impact on, on, on making, you know, individuals who maybe are denying climate change to come around to it when it's forcing them out of their home uh, in the middle of the summer when it's 125 degrees outside. So that's an example of why I don't think did California you, would ever go red. Did you so just relate climate change to migration? 
No, not at all. I wasn't even you, talking about migration. That's how Republicans think. Then, they, yeah. they try to no, leave I was, it I was all together. The, the, well, the, 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 the only thing I will say that sure. I agree with wait, 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 wait. you. And then okay, wait, 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 wait. I definitely don't want to get bogged down in no, this. So you guys can have one more back and forth on this and then what Scott wants to say. So go ahead, Tamara. Well, that is an example. I, I don't well, I don't I see where you pulled immigrant from that at all. I didn't say immigrant. I said actually migration when you said when it's 125 degrees and it forces people to change their their location. I was just actually trying to clarify. I was saying when when it's 125 degrees every in the summertime. Yeah. And it, it, it which causes starts a fire where so there wasn't fires. previously okay. fire, so we have to move out of our homes where we currently live right now got it got it I was okay just well, i'm glad we got the clarification but, but what i was asking though is that's an example of why i think the state will definitely stay blue so i was wondering what you you say that it's definitely going to go red but i want to understand why, uh, why Scott, what were you going to well say, my but... only point was that i would agree with paul in the sense that maybe in 40 or 50 years from now it might when the parties have changed like what happened in the in the south when conservative democrats flipped to republicans if down the line in a generation or two things shift then yes, I could see Republicans having an in back in California. But the way that the Republican Party, the National Republican Party, is now, uh, does not square with the majority of Californians. And I would say that you know Texas and other states in the South are going to go Democratic first before we ever see California go back to being statewide, consistently red at the presidential and uh, the state level. That just won't happen relatively soon until the parties change. I- I uh, want to read a few that. comments from the chat from one person that they actually uh, all tie into this. Uh, again, it's uh, Dr. Who Geek, who I still feel like you're looking for a different show, but thank you for <laughs> watching us. Uh, but, you know, the Doctor Who After Show is on After Buzz. Uh, it's Sundays People can only at like 9 one o'clock. Thing. <laughs> it, look, it's in the name, so I want to make sure that I help promote the other show on the network. Sundays at 9. Uh, but uh, the point was that she said that I'm a Republican who voted for all Democrats this time. So I saw that comment and I said, can you please explain why? Because that's very interesting to me. So her response was, I'm a Puerto Rican living in, living in a conservative county and the racism I saw after Trump got elected convinced me to vote Democrat. I don't recognize the Republican Party anymore for me anyway. Uh, not so much a comment on what she said, but I, first of all, I appreciate you sharing those thoughts because I wanted to know why. Uh, I do think you still have a lot of people who the Trump Republican Party is, is not their Republican Party, you know, people who are maybe sitting out on the sidelines. But uh, it didn't seem like this was an election, and Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that people didn't back away from President Trump the way that I, I think some people might have expected. Maybe you have a couple of instances where people you know, we're like, well, I'm not going to do that photo op or not that thing. or But uh, in general, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Republicans didn't really run away from uh, President Trump. You no, know? I, I think you're right about that. I think in large part we saw with the Senate pickups in the wins today, we saw those that actually stood by him, whether it's Mike Braun or those that – and Ron DeSantis and those who actually stuck by the more MAGA agenda were the ones who benefited the ones who actually backed away and tried to play the moderate kind of Republican, the ones who said, no, we don't embrace the wall. No, 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 we're not going to say this. No, we're going we're gonna to kind of be a little bit on both sides. Lost in house races, in other ways, or um, they took a different stance or they decided, ah, if I get too close to the president, if I, if I 
ride his coattails, it might it might affect and, me. And I mean, we've seen that with uh, you've seen you saw that with Obama. You definitely saw it with George W. Bush. I mean, you know, just and that's just in recent. You know, that's just the last two. I'm just using them as examples. There's plenty of examples. Sure. So I thought that that's what we were going to see in the midterms, and I was a little surprised. Uh, Drexel, do you think that maybe my interpretation is wrong and? people did really put some distance between themselves and the president. No, I think, you know, I think that there was something to be learned from what happened to President Obama in 2010 when Democrats tried to distance themselves from the presidency, who was very popular at the time. And I think that Donald Trump is very popular with the within the Republican Party. Uh, so you can't run away from that voter. Uh, Democrats did that. And then we got almost, you know, we basically lost both chambers of house shellacked, and shellacked as yeah. Barack Obama said at the time. Um, you know, so I think that that was very smart. Republicans just learned the strategy from that situation. Um, you know, Ron DeSantis went in Florida just irks me because you got somebody in that governor's house that didn't even want to be the governor of Florida, you know? So it, it, it's, it's kind of, it's sad to I see. I mean, would you want to be the governor of Florida? <laughs> well, I just, <laughs> thank you. Scott's from Florida. I right. appreciate that. <laughs> I just, I just meant, you know, you, you definitely, whether or not it's Republican or Democrat, you definitely want somebody who wants to be in the job. Ron DeSantis barely, Ron DeSantis yeah. barely campaigned for his job, uh, and he could barely get through debates. He could, bar- he, he didn't do, he did the bare minimum, other than say Donald Trump's name, to get through, to get to, to get by in this win. And yeah, and if that works for Florida, that's going to work for Florida. I think we'll see what happens in 2020 after Amendment 4 is passed. Um, I heard you guys talking about it earlier. It's always very funny and very hypocritical when Republicans talk about felons getting their rights back, but at the same time have no problem with domestic abusers getting their guns back um, at the same time. So it, 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 it's, it's that argument that people are, are, are always trying to... One's the Second Amendment. Um, one's the Second Amendment, <laughs> one's the right to vote. No, no. Well, I, well, I, because I, I feel like that was kind of directed at Paul. Yeah, I don't know why there's moment. takes going Just, on. I don't know why. Well, I, I get the I get the comparisons of like all Republicans do this. I'm not really sure why. We had a nice individual conversation about when Chelsea asked, "What do you think about the felonies?" And I said, "Well, I would like to look at each individual case and then go from there." I didn't make a broad, sweeping generalization. If I did. You know, correct right. me, but I don't think gener- I did. This I think was you definitely just a generalization about Republican. I don't know. Uh, Repu- did I, I say you? Did well, I talk I'm about sitting you? here no. next to you. I'm saying. I'm saying. Maybe I'm Republican. I'm saying. I'm saying Republicans in general. That you're not Republican. Exactly. That is libertarian. Votes Republican. Right. So what we're saying is that Republicans in general, the hypocrisy on that issue is, is that Republicans certainly did not want Amendment Four to pass for obvious reasons because they felt. That, Democ- that that felons would come out and, and vote for Democrats. But that's not always going to be the case because there are, I'm sure, there are some Republican felons out there. To say that Democrats I are mean, only felons I, 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 is, I, I, I is think, crazy. I think some of them were on the Trump transition team. Thank you. Uh, exactly. Really proud of exactly. And, they yeah. will, and they will yeah. be. If they, and they will be very uh, soon. Can we talk, but I know I you would, wanted to say something. I would like to yes. talk about Florida in, in that I'm thinking about the Parkland students tonight and um, you know how amazing it is that they stepped up and tried to bring the whole uh, generation into the political process. I'm really proud of them for that. And then I, I, I don't know who they voted for, for governor and, and such, but I, I could just imagine that, uh, I mean, if I were them, I probably would have voted for Gillum, uh, <laughs> most likely, and, and that I might feel so disappointed to be from a generation that's like, oh, we, we, we want something, we have it. So we woke up we realized that politics is an issue. We need to get involved. They did a lot and then still lost. And so I am concerned that maybe 
that they'll think, well, we got involved and we tried and we failed. And so we're just going to go back to God. I don't know what the kids are up to these days. So, but insert cool thing that kids are doing. Oh, you just said kids these days. (laughs) Welcome to being old, Chelsea. Congratulations. But so I, I just want to say to them and to other Democrats too, who are just getting into the political process that expected that, you know, one election, you get involved, you get out there, you march and you post on Facebook that you voted and you ask other people to vote, that that was going to change everything. And I would encourage people to look at democracy like a discipline. Like you can't be, you know, off with your in and out or or what's other burger places. Shake Shack. Yeah, like way <laughs> off, just like crazy <laughs> diet, out. you know, straighten uh, out for like a week. I've never had. <laughs> and, and expect that democracy is going to get restored and back completely on track. So I just hope that people hang in there and see this is a first good step in getting back into democracy and to make it a discipline, a habit, and not a hobby. Because we can't turn things around no. in just one election. I got to say, uh, I, I posted something uh, a couple weeks ago because uh, there's a te- an organization I work with there. Before the Parkland students were even on the cover, cover of Time magazine, this generation of teenagers is way more active, way more mobilized before the Parkland shooting happened. Like, they're just a more civically active generation more so than I mine think that's was a little bit I mean, of certainly certainly more than there. I mean certainly more than mine I, I I don't know I don't know how much Bernie has to do with it but I think he that he did young people for some reason someone that old from Vermont really connected with young people absolutely but what was your point Tamara well and and then also you know to that when um oh some what was that rally a couple months ago that Jeff Sessions organized for like high, he spoke at for like high school students and they got I don't like remember what it was called eighty but I do, yeah. teenagers from across the country and it just it just shows that as the younger generations are more civically active than the older generations are and as the largest baby booter generation continues to pass away like we are the country is just moving. More progressive. Well, that's just how it's going to go. Speaking with messaging aimed at younger <laughs> voters, I want to talk about something that's very important to Drexel. Uh, Drexel, what do you think about a lack of a Taylor Swift effect uh, in this election? <laughs> Listen. She never missed a You know how I feel about Taylor Swift. That's why I brought it up. I appreciate I don't know how you feel about Taylor Swift. Oh, that's Let true. Let me tell you. I am an events person. We just got married a few weeks ago. So I, Taylor Swift has always been banned. Uh, at every event that I ever throw, ever do. Yeah, I'm um, like that with Coldplay. You know? <laughs> and We all have our thing, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm appreciative of what she did for Phil, or what she attempted to do for Phil Bredesen uh, in, he, in Tennessee. But he, he did lose by 26 points. Right, so, so maybe it had the opposite have, effect. So could he have lost by 15 points if she had maybe. just kept her mouth shut? No, I think, listen, I think that if if... if if Taylor Swift got folks to sign up to vote that that certainly were not, then good on her. And I think think I think that more um, I think that more people of public influence, because a lot of these a lot of these influencers, whether or not you are a celebrity or a YouTube star or a Instagram star, any of those people that have influence over a block of people um, should take the opportunity to speak out uh, as best they can because they have an audience to do so, um, and. Well, when you encourage people to vote, uh, you know, to register to vote, I think that's great. Uh, but are you encouraging them to vote 
against somebody for the person right. you I, want to vote for. But I th- right. Which you know, look, I think if uh, Antonio Sabato Jr. were telling people Ooh, to register, topical reference. Vote, well, that's look. Right. I you know. I mean, I, I, I work with Dennis Miller. So, you know, look, it's a short list. I could have thrown Kelsey Grammer out there, but I thought Antonio Sabato Jr. was funnier. <laughs> you know, he's going to say register to vote, but, you know, to vote for Ted Cruz. You know, so is that really what the, the message is, is register to vote, but, you know, stay home if you're not going to vote the way I want you to. Is it important for that generation to vote regardless of who they vote for? If they if they want to vote for Marsha Blackburn, uh, you know, it's like, thanks, Taylor, for sending me to the polls. Uh, but I'm not going to vote the way you well, want me to. Well, I think at first when young people get involved, they go to their mom and dad. Who should I vote no. for? And so I've never done that. Sorry. No? Oh, okay. No. So, I, well, I'd say a lot of kids would vote the way their parents did because they don't right. – that, that's what they kind of were ingrained with and they grew up with. And a lot of times it takes a while for them to uh, change direction from what their parents voted for because I'll say the same thing. I mean my parents were Republican hardcore growing up and in the South and uh, took a couple election cycles for me to – to light. come to the yes, yeah. but I will say so I, I like happening. It's the same like, light, but, but, like, uh, but I will say you. it's I like Laser Floyd. You all get to see a little something different. I think regardless, like, getting encouraging young people to vote and get in the fine. habit of voting at you know regardless of who they vote for, I think is great because the more people that participate in the democracy, the better our democracy is. Whether I agree with their vote or not, I think encouraging people to sign up and register to vote and become lifelong voters is more important at the end of the day than who they're voting for in this election, per se, of what they do in a lifetime of voting so, and participating. Let me give you at least a little conservative perspective, at least on this. Um, I'm all for people having a voice, if you want to have a voice, and people will listen freely or not. What I will say, though, is that the identity politics card, which was very evident in this, which people are rejecting in in it's Sorry, large, evident in, in a specific race? Or specific, just... and I'll, I'll get to it. Okay, specifically, okay, sure, say, wanted... with Stacey Abrams, okay. the, the almost first woman black governor. Of, of Georgia, right? There was so much attention where Andrew Gillum may be the first black governor of Florida. Um, zero attention on John James could have been the first black governor of Michigan. Zero. From the media, no attention whatsoever. People see this when they go, governor. wait a minute, why are you guys so obsessed with race when it comes to these things, but not a single mention? Why isn't Oprah saying, you know what, we almost had the first black governor. Wait, wait hold oh, on. I'm sorry, Senator. Can I in, push back slightly on that? Be- sure. The, the Stacey Abrams and Andrew Gillum were progressive That's policies. my point. So when you, so when you, when you paint the world and you, when you use identity politics and you say it's basically just because vote for our party, though. That's not people true. People see I, I through like, that. I like Mille, the policies. Not, no, wait, wait. Chelsea first and then Drexel and then – Wait, you're saying that this John is – James. You, you, Hang but, on a second. But for me, it's, it's not a, a – it wasn't a racing. I I agree with the progressive policies. Oh no no no! And that, that's what I'm saying. It's fine. I, I'm totally saying. Let me be upfront and clear that if you agree with someone's policies, you agree with their policies. What I'm saying is when they highlight the fact from an identity politics standpoint that this person could be the first black woman governor or the first black senator or whatever you, whatever it may be, it's normally just only for. But it's only if you agree with that party. So you could have had a first black senator in John James, but because it was the other never party that's not a because no, he's a conservative. A, so the truth is, from it's not really about is it it's not going to is it breaking anybody. that mold? No, that's it's, not true. Mia Love in Utah. Also, like, just said, no, when know, Mia but, Love but John wanted, James is a really big deal that got zero. Did John James? No, when she was became they made a big deal about that. Oh, absolutely, they made a huge deal about that. I mean, no, no, no. But did John James? Here's the thing. Did John James get the attention from the right? Because I don't remember no. them pushing his name out there. They did. 
I don't it remember seeing. I don't remember seeing John James uh, on uh, anywhere. And Tim Scott, South Wait, Carolina. I also don't remember. I also don't remember seeing no, Garland no, no. Gilchrist That's not my as point. a lieutenant governor, mm-hmm. as a black lieutenant governor of Michigan, being somebody the that he don't talked view about. the world that way, though. But so what, what I'm, I'm saying, saying is, is, neither do Democrats. I think. What, no, there is. No, I think. I think. Here, here's Hillary Clinton ran on that. Hillary, <laughs> breaking the glass ceiling because there was, hasn't been a woman president before. Right. We don't. So, right. We don't. All right. So, but, uh, <laughs> so finish, finish your thought, and then the problem with the problem with that line of thinking is this idea that Democrats think of that first, mm-hmm. as if we don't know how to go through policy first and then go. But the icing on the cake is this is what we get on the other side of that. We get this great progressive candidate. But it just so happens that they also be, was a first of something because America loves first when it comes to baseball, when it comes to like when it comes to like the Dodgers sure. winning something. Like we love these these ideas of something that's fresh and new, and that's what we love. But this idea that in, in your eyes, and 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 uh, this is you know I said the same thing about Bernie Sanders when he talks about getting identity politics out of it. It's not a, it's not something that Democrats are making the. First thing that comes out of our mouth. For some reason, a lot of people get the sense that it is, even if we and, think that and, it's and that's, not. And that's fine, to, because that's the narrative that's being pushed. No, out. it's not. An, I'm, I'm just trying to explain that we, I can completely separate and delineate between, oh, I agree with this person's policies, and they happen to be this. But you're also what assuming I'm saying, that we can't either. I'm not assuming... There's a lot of words being put in my mouth that I'm well, not no, saying. Well, no, you are because you're saying I'm that. Saying, and you said that I'm it's not the same on the Republican side where no, no, no. Tim what Scott, I'm, what I'm saying Republican is, South right. Carolina, had the same thing. Go ahead and we will move anyway, on after I, uh, Paul has the last word on this. Uh, what I was just merely saying was it would it would be nice if outside of – if it's going to be played that way in a sense, right, where you say, okay, well, we're happy that this, this, new, this new first is, is made, which is good. I think we can all agree. That's good. But what's interesting is that – there's no – and maybe it's a sign of the times. Maybe it's a bigger issue. Maybe it's a culture issue. Maybe it's because the parties are so at each other. Maybe it's something deeper than that. What I'm saying is I don't think Tim Scott and Mia Love are, are – are, are, it's an apples to orange comparison to what I'm trying to say because currently right now running was John James who no one was talking about. And, I was, and he could have been the first black senator of Michigan. And so when you when when but wouldn't the Democrats pushing that have been playing exactly into what you're saying that we're all about race? No, and I'm not saying that. You, I'm just saying that I was just giving you another perspective from a conservative standpoint that when it comes to sometimes the identity politics being so prevalent in what we see is okay, they're they're uh, Oprah's over in 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 stumping for Abrams, right? Will Ferrell's out there. We were talking about celebrities. We started with Taylor Swift. What I was saying was there's no love from say Common to. Hey, you know what? Maybe I don't agree with John James on his politics because he's a conservative and I'm more progressive. But he could be the first black senator in, in Michigan. But that's not. Okay. That's, so I, I think you're well, making right. our that's point. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. I, okay. Maybe. Uh, what I, I was just uh, reading that uh, apparently uh, President Trump uh, spoke with Nancy Pelosi tonight. He congratulated her uh, and uh, said. I'm going to admit that I didn't actually hear her speech because, uh, well, I didn't want to watch it. Uh, but also I was busy. I but, tried to hear Yeah, I was just like, the, I, yeah. I can't hear that voice. Uh, but, uh, you know, and she apparently uh, spoke about bipartisanship. If if she's serious and he's serious, is that there, would be great to see them Is there actually any man together. that you have said, I can't hear that voice? Exa- I was or about to look, say a, the exact same thing, Chelsea. Drexel Hurd? No. Uh, 
look, she has an annoying voice. Why did you both gang up on because, me on that? Because I, I, she has an annoying voice. People because constantly, they only point it out when it's a woman. I mean, only a woman named Nancy Pelosi sounds that way. So, no, I don't like the sound of her voice. Uh, Do I you also like don't the sound like of the her. voice of men, and that's what you, <laughs> when you listen to them? Well, what men are you talking about? Mike Pence? Not particularly. Donald uh, Trump, definitely Donald not. Trump, no, well, Donald Trump I makes cannot, me laugh every ugh, once in a while. I can't. So, uh, you know. But, uh, so... Anyway, is that a little too identity for you? That uh, no, I'm coming up. I don't I'm looking at Paul. Like, no, we don't good. see the world in terms of gender and race. Everybody is all the same <laughs> and equal, and we all come from the exact oh, same. Like Macari Sellers on CNN the other night. I'm black. Just to let you know. I don't, want you to, well, I don't want you to be confused. No, to be fair, there are people that are consuming this as a podcast, so maybe people didn't know, oh, Drexel, so well, thank you. Yes, I just want to clarify <laughs> that. We, as we go, I'm 1% know. Native American. <laughs> that means you can't vote. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that uh, Elizabeth oh, Warren no. was reelected, uh, so uh, good for her. Uh, there's not really anywhere to go with that. It's just because you mentioned you were 1%. Mm-hmm. Are you actually saying that, or was it a joke? Well, it was a joke, but I actually am. Okay, well, I wasn't <laughs> sure which one. <laughs> Ident- identifying ourselves. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm mostly Danish since we're since we're playing that uh, <laughs> at the moment. Uh, and Shareable Texas makes a great point. Thanks, Shareable Texas. I hate the sounds of Mitch McConnell. I'm not oh, that particularly <laughs> fond of that voice. Oh, I hate Lindsey Graham. Yeah, voice. Lindsey Graham. Yeah. So well, he had. I'm, I'm he trying has to think. Polio, of, so let me just try and Ted Cruz way, is really. The I'm trying. I'm I didn't trying, know that actually. I'm trying to think yes, of Democratic men that polio. I don't like. No, no, right. Lindsey Graham. What about Lindsey Graham? I said I hated Lindsey Graham's voice. Oh, Lindsey Graham's voice. Yeah, I mean you can. I mean, look, you can you can hate the sound of uh, of his voice, regardless of of that. Uh, so here we are. Uh, oh wait, can we talk? Can I ask Scott something that he may may not know? So we're going to see in the the House. There's you know going to be Democratic chairs of mm-hmm. various um, uh, committees. Thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, my rep Adam Schiff mm-hmm. will be Which the chair of could the be Intel. the next speaker too. There's been talk about him eventually. I'm a big fan of Adam Schiff. Um, that's been discussed a little bit. I find his voice annoying. I don't like <laughs> to hear him speak. <laughs> Thank you. But, see, I'm just asking you to be wait, even isn't, with it. Um, shoot, I, I I I remember reading articles over the months like. If the Democrats flip the House, this person oh, will leave. Maxine Waters is going to be in charge of like the finance. 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 Yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Yes, that's it will be. be fun. It's be fireworks. It's going to be great. She's going to be in charge. Yeah. Well, you know, she spends her money responsibly, so so why not? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's are go there ahead any, and do other, that. Uh, any other any other good chairs to be looking in charge forward of money? to? Well, I think that's going to be my favorite because Maxine. that's going to, yeah. Um, Who? Aunt Maxine. I'll just, I'll just give you guys gonna, a heads up yeah, that uh, Adam Schiff and a lot of these people are going to have. And this is a way longer conversation, but I wouldn't hold my breath on them holding a lot of different chairs of things. I think there's going to be a lot of news that's going to break now that the midterms are over that involve a lot of different investigations. The flip side well, of what most of my, my liberal friends do not know when it comes to the Spygate and different things that have happened, watching the news for what's going to happen with Adam <laughs> Schiff. Well, okay. Well, let's just like, like something this to This is like some Jacob Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, and, I'm very you know, interested in that. So a, when a, that breaks... No, and it's, you're not and I can talking totally about Mueller. Back it up. It's, it's very much connected. He was part of the Gang of Eight and he was briefed, right? Schiff John Brennan, Yes. Okay. John Brennan sat with each one of them and individually briefed them, which has never happened before, on kind of all the things that have happened. And if you... We can go into this. I don't mean to take up the time. 
and it's a very, 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 very long tail, which is excellent and most fun. But, uh, but it's, Adam uh, Schiff does not have clean hands. Okay. And when and you can see it when he's kind of talking recently about certain things. And this especially is way too vague. For yeah, regarding what? Well, let's just say, because, is there, uh, we'll move on, but is, wait, there no, one no, issue, I, is there one issue you can point to? I was trying yeah. to get him to just say one, and then we can move past it. Um, it's in relation to the Mueller probe. Okay. And in the entire Carter, Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, FISA, and everything that was, that was going <laughs> okay. on. Okay. So there is, there is a lot that actually is going to come out in these things. I'm sure there is. I hope it does. Sure. And it's, I hope it and, does. Yeah. Democrats yeah. <laughs> tend to be on the right side of those investigations, yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to put my cards in the Adam yeah, Schiff basket. I, I, mean, so how, I, I, I don't I just trust anybody. Know, how, Adam Schiff, you, also a military family, by the way. Yeah. How, I, I just, I'm curious, how, how did you hear about all this when none of the rest of us... Tons, tons of research. Tons of research. On that's one of, which, my, that's one of where, the things where, that I researched a lot. Is there a site or a couple of sites that you look at? There's tons of different journalists. I can. Uh, I don't know how much time. So we have to go when into we move this. on from something, it means we don't go back in. <laughs> is, is no, Chelsea, I'll I tell mean. you. I'll tell you after. But it, oh, it's, there's, I like there's that. a lot. All right. There's so, a lot to the story that is that would concern everybody when it comes to kind of what's what's going to be breaking. Hey, and, I hope you're right. True. I mean, because if, if he's George, done something wrong, I would yeah, surely want to know. I'll just show this. George Papadopoulos. It's been proven now. The entire Russian narrative was built on the fact that he met with Joseph Mifsud, who was a Russian agent. He wasn't a Russian agent. He was Western intelligence, which is the entire predicate for the Russia investigation. And if you don't know that, well, that's two years of research. Just, just, I'll, I'll, I could sit down and talk to you about it. But the entire Russia investigation is hinging on George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. And it turns out that those two things are not true. They are not what they seem. Joseph Mifsud was not a Russian did, agent. Can, can I ask you, did Russia meddle in the election? Not in this is this is so beyond what you're. This is um, this is a longer conversation. So Christian, but you can just like how a you yes want. Or, 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 no, like you don't. No, the think Facebook ads. The Facebook ads are, are nothing compared to what I'm talking about. The the fifty thousand dollar, hundred thousand dollar Facebook ads have nothing to do with what actually happened. And uh, there's going to be a lot of stories that are going to break. I think okay. we've gotten a little in the yeah, weeds. There's on a lot this, of things. So, uh, we definitely need to, to yeah, take a lot of time for that. All right. What we need to do is uh, take a look and, you know, we only have a little bit of time left. See, I told uh, you we ran out of time. Always. <laughs> we always run out of time. and uh, But we're not there yet. But we're going to run out of time. So uh, what I wanted to sort of look towards is the uh, the next the next two years. So where do you go from this? You have divided government. To some extent, I mean, you know, Republicans still have the Senate. So as we were talking about earlier, a lot of things will stop right there in the House and then the Senate won't pick them up. And uh, how productive, Drexel, do you think these next two years will be? And I mean just in general, not how productive will they be for the president, how productive, you know, just overall in terms of legislation getting passed and, you know, new laws and things, you know, do you, or do you feel like it's really just uh, a recipe for some new gridlock? Oh, I absolutely think there's nothing going to be passed. Okay. Well, there's nothing going to hit that, the president's that's desk. That's unfortunately where I I think was, the only yeah. thing that will hit the president's desk, of course, is a funding bill that has to keep the government open. Um, you know, Democrats have to pass, you know, will have to pass a funding bill or a contending resolution or whatever to kind of get the government going. Democrats don't want to be the ones that are, you know, shutting down the government. Um, well, yeah, nobody wants to. I just meant like they don't want that narrative out. There. Right, right, so right. So they're sure. going to have to come up with the compromise to figure that piece out. Um, I think it's going to be very good for uh, Republican uh, judges and appointments over the next uh, couple of years. Um, but 
Uh, it'd also be very good to see some some investigations going on uh, in the house uh, in terms of oversight, actual oversight of of of, of the uh, executive branch. So I think that's if 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 that is what needs to happen, actual oversight. Then yeah, I think it'd be a productive a uh, couple of years. But on Thursday, you know, every, after everybody takes a breath, uh, the general election starts. So uh, I don't know that it's going to be like I don't know oh, that. Can we get the weekend? Right. So you think I don't just know. Go Monday. I mean, basically, <laughs> the, the next few people are going to be gearing up for the next. We're campaign. figuratively putting up our Christmas election decorations. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know, we'll hear we'll hear our first slate of candidates uh, in, in the next few months, and uh, that'll be it. You know, by April, we'll have the you know uh, our big name person, a couple of people. Um, on the Democrat side. So uh, I think it'll be, at least between now and April, I, something like I think something you like were uh, coming in when uh, I... It was right before you came in when I said that uh, I can't imagine this uh, you know narrative that sprung up in the last few hours that uh, Ben O'Rourke I is heard, someone I who should it. be uh, running for president. I heard uh, do, do you think him, and if not him, who... Who are these stars of the Democratic Party who have a good chance to rise up and, you know, take on President Trump? Or, as Scott would contend, President Pence. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because the the, uh, the impeachment clock still counted. Where yeah. are we at there, by the Even way? Even Paul's I, face is horrified by the idea of a President, President Pence. Pence. No, that's not what that was for. Oh, okay. That's because it's going to go the other way. It's going to... Well, wait, 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 where's the, the to, to answer my question, where's the impeachment clock right it's now? It's still where it is, 158, because again, I think what's going to come out with investigations is either going to make it so difficult for Republicans to continue to back Trump. And like I said all along, if he doesn't think he's going to win re-election, he's not going to run again. He's going to resign. There's a lot of other things that are going to come up, I think, uh, like you're saying about oh. investigations, I think, with Trump. And that's the thing that I'm looking forward to, too, is to see what's next on Mueller's indictment list, what's going to happen now with people in Trump's staff. Uh, is Attorney General going to be gone now that they've held the Senate? Who's going to be leaving next oh, in, in yeah. the administration? Because now yeah. that's going to be the next <laughs> focus. It's going to shift to who's leaving the, all the departures in the White House and also what's going to happen now with the Mueller investigation because – uh, he's kept it pretty quiet because of the election. Now the election's done. What's going to start coming out with that as well? So that's going to be the big Let, news now let's heading pull, into next week. Let's pull one level of inception back to my earlier question, though, which was uh, Drexel. Who are who are these these stars of the uh, the Democratic Party? Is it Beto or Rock? Well, I don't or who, think I don't think that Beto would have run, even if like he's not Barack Obama. Like Barack Obama was a very different. Like Barack Obama was a state senator turned senator who gave the Democratic National Committee speech, and everybody's like, "This is the guy." Right. And then he kind of was the guy, but then there was Hillary Clinton in the mix. And you didn't know what was going to happen. And that was 2008. So Beto didn't have to, have to go through any of that right now. Right. Um, but I also don't think the Democrats would want to put him in a position, had he won the Texas Senate race, to pull him from Texas to have to, to redefend, yeah. have to redefend that Texas uh, Senate seat again. So um, I think that there, I think, and I was, I had a panel discussion the other day on um, race in America. Which we you talking, also didn't invite me to. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about race in America and, uh, and I, and I, you know, told the, the audience, I said, look, I said, do not choose, and this is for everybody, do not choose your candidate between now and 20, 2020, you know, uh, June of 2020, because you just don't know what's going to happen. The Democrats right now have a significant amount of really qualified people that they can, that we could just put up. They could be anybody. Um, you know, here in California, Eric Garcetti's running for president. 
Uh, but do you think he's running this saying, time, what or I'm saying just is, one day? No, no, he's going to be running for president this next cycle. Okay. The problem yeah. is, is that everybody is also looking at Kamala Harris. Two Californians can't run for president at the same time. Kamala, on the other hand, may say, "You know what I'm going to do," and I know people love Kamala Harris, but they might. So she might say, "I just want to court somebody for the VP slot. That's something I can do because I know my seat is a safe." D seat and I don't have to do anything, you know, and I can just either run for VP and not have to worry about it. So Kamala Harris is not she she might dip her toe in the water, but that is just so she could be on somebody's ticket at some point. Uh, two years ago, I think there was a lot of talk about uh, Cory Booker. Is he still considered? You know, is, is his stock still high in the Democratic Party? That's what I was wondering. I think Barack Obama really wants uh, the former governor of Massachusetts, um, Mitt Romney. No, <laughs> Deval, Patrick. Deval Patrick to run, but Deval Patrick has been out of the game yeah. for so long that I don't know that he has the name recognition for that so um i think that you know i love amy klobuchar i love uh um i i know that uh, governor hickenlooper from uh with colorado is going to run so i think that there are some people out there that are going to be less recognizable names uh but i don't think that the democrats have a choice but to unfortunately put up somebody in a minority status as their front runner I mean, but can you imagine trying to get the Hickenlooper bumper sticker on your car? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, <laughs> there is, you get the small big. font. Right. Uh, so it's going to be first name only. Paul, you hear all these names uh, thrown around. Uh, does uh, does any of it sound like the sort of thing that the Trump camp should uh, should be focused on? Should they be worried about anybody in the Democratic Party? Or do they feel like his tweet said that this was a really good night tonight because we held on to the Senate and we're kind of primed for another victory in 2020. So I would say, um, no, yeah, no one's going to beat Trump. No one has this skill set when it comes to when I look at the Democratic Party and I think of who could be potential players that would that would try, either it's Kamala or Corey or anyone else running. No one has no one has the mass appeal that that Trump has in regards to his rallies and how he can bring so many different types of people together in the Republican Party, 90% approval rate in the GOP, and he just brought I, together, he just made it Trump's Republican I'm not even asking party. this in a gotcha way. We're 90% in the GOP. I'm surprised. Mm-hmm. I'm just mentioning a, a yeah. legitimate reaction. I can't believe it's that high just it's because high. I know where it was two years ago. I yeah. knew a lot With of- the never Trumpers. Lot, yeah, yep. the never Trumpers who are still never Trumpers, but uh, you know, they're- yeah. They're like, well, never Trumpers, but maybe next time I'll be a Trumper. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And so I think now with, with what he's been able to do and with the economy and with different things, he's, he's even galvanizing it even more. And we've never seen him front running. He's always been behind. No, that's true. So when you, when you notice in the primaries, when he was taking on the 16 different Republican uh, candidates during the primary, he was, always, he was always on his heels but still staying ahead of everyone and beating them one by one. We've never seen him out in front. When he's out in front, he's more confident. He's even funnier. And then yeah, it becomes it becomes even oh that man I mean, as a skill set it becomes something that's very tough to beat because it's it's it is really hard to beat that and then I would say the second thing is that what I mentioned earlier about the Spygate about what's, okay, what's let's happening definitely not spend t- too is, much time on is that is going to drastically affect the shape of the Democrat Party even the Republican it's going to drastically affect kind of politics in the Democratic next couple of months party, okay the Democratic Party but what Can I, I want to I have a question for you okay. if uh, but if you feel like you would like to use your time with what you're about to say you can do that but I wanted to know what you think is most important in the next two years and I know you have a lot of notes that you haven't even gotten to no no so. those were my notes as I was watching but what I I guess we were going to your, your question speaks to what I was going to say perfect 
which is this, that people are going to keep their eye on the economy because that's what's really important Mm -hmm. to people. And as I've been saying in the last couple of weeks, just know this, the economy is on its way down. Mm -hmm. It was going to be on its way down, whether Republicans held both the House and the Senate, whether the uh, Democrats took both of them, or as we've gotten here, one and one. The economy, this cycle is already on its way down. And no matter how many times Trump says the economy is going down because of Democrats, it's not because of Democrats. It's because that's where we are in the cycle. So I think if if we can just scream that from the rooftop so that people do not blame Democrats for the impending recession. I mean, some people are some economists are saying it's going to be a big one, but the majority of economists agree that by 2020, we will be in a recession and the economist didn't say this. I did. And it will not be the Democrats' fault. So are you saying that I should not have just bought 100,000 shares of Snapchat? <laughs> this was probably not <laughs> something Bitcoin. that I should have. No. should have asked me <laughs> well, first. I only buy anything in Bitcoin, Tamara. No, I know. Tamara, That's why I was just pointing. I was clarifying. Just because not everybody knows. Uh, Tamara, uh, just sort of personally, what do you think uh, we should see or what would you like to see? I'll let you take either either slant on that over these next two years from Democrats or Republicans or both. Oh, I want to see Trump's. You're, I'm glad you mentioned his sense of humor because, man, especially when he's making fun of disabled people, is he on point? That man and his impressions? Oh, put him on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> well, um, I mean, the guy who plays him on Saturday that. Night Live probably shouldn't be on Saturday Night Live right now. But uh, uh, No, what, his, well, his sense of humor exists only in... Uh, Saying somebody's name twice, right? Lamb the sham, lamb the sham. Am I right? Lamb the sham, and then his supporters all Which, laugh. Which by the way, he won tonight. Yeah, <laughs> lamb the sham yes, won. Yes, uh-huh. lamb the sham uh, won tonight. All right, so is that something you want um, to see more of in the next three years? I, I'm not quite I can't sure. get enough of that man's okay. sharp wit. All right, <laughs> I, I I'm not sure if that's an entirely sincere answer, but I, I I'm a tough read on those sort of things, Scott. What do you think we need to see uh, between now and 2020? Or what would you like to see? Well, at least I'm happy about that Obamacare is here to stay. That's not going anywhere now because uh, the House winning will will protect that. So that's great. Um, I have to say that seeing how closely divided even these, these election results tonight are, it, it, it's absolutely fascinating to see just how evenly divided this country is. I mean, right, right down like... I'm seeing, you know, these governor races here, even the the House races in California that have been on the Republican side. They're all hundreds to, neck. yeah, hundreds, oh, thousands, uh, just a thousand votes House, off. Katie Hill, and, Katie Steve Hill and Steve Knight are right, like, neck and neck Dana right now. Dana Orbacher and Harley Same thing, Rubin. all, like, right there. And the same thing with the Wisconsin governor race, the Iowa governor uh, race. That, that surprises me a little bit that here we are. So what is it? It's uh, almost mm-hmm. 11 o'clock, so that's 1 a.m. in Wisconsin, yeah. right? And that Wisconsin governor's race is it, still it's not It's literally a thousand, less than a thousand votes apart right now. Uh, where the where are they at? Like 99%? Uh, 98% reporting. And, and is he up or Tony down? Evers is up but by, yeah. like, less than a thousand votes. And it's fascinating to me to see that. Um, so I will say it won't take much for Trump if he is uh, running again to lose because, like you said, he won by such a weird path through the Electoral College that it will only take a couple of those states, especially if the economy starts dropping, to flip back to Democrats. Because we already know that there's going to be a majority of states that are going to vote Democrat and, and Republican. You just have those Midwest uh, states and Florida and some of those bigger states that will have bigger turnout and um, – that and also Senate is going to really be in the Democrats' favor in 2020. So it's it's going to be fascinating to see. Again, right now we have um, the Republican uh, had had 
you know, the, the good math for this year. But in 2020, that's really going to shift in Democrats' favor. And seeing it that's so close, I'm going to be fascinated to see how those numbers are going to come out in the next couple of years. Do you um, think that the Democrat in 2020 will, at some point, speaking of Wisconsin, set foot in that state and maybe do a little campaigning yes. there? Do you think that they, they might have learned something? Well, and I think, you know, seeing how— Are you referring to something <laughs> no, in particular? No, no, just, just, he was talking about Wisconsin. Well, so and I, I was thinking Wisconsin and, uh, and Michigan, and you saw Michigan go way back to— the Democratic column tonight, um, and there are and a lot. I have I have a lot of friends in uh, Michigan on my Facebook feed, which I don't think I realized quite how many I had, yeah. and uh, uh, some of them are very upset that uh, it's gone back in that direction. Yeah, it's, it's more of like a "Will you never learn?" Uh, <laughs> so uh, Michigan is one of those uh, really. It's just such a, a strange state because. I, I guess people are so dug in on both sides. It, it, it's almost like ping pong. It just goes back and forth between those two parties and uh, no one's ever happy. And you still can't drink the water in Flint. Uh, that's a little bit of a tangent, of course. But uh, I think an important one, though. But yeah. I'm excited by most of the results tonight. I think that they are going in the right direction. Again, when you see minimum wage, you know, uh, Voting wins handily. Medicaid expansion wins handily. When you saw LGBT candidates win, when you see women First winning First openly 100, gay governor yes, of elected Colorado. in Colorado. When you see those type of things, I do see that it, it does make me feel a little bit more positive about this country now than where we were in 2016 and the direction that we're going in. And younger um, people are, are voting. Again, those numbers were really uh, great for the midterms, seeing people come out. So I, I feel really good that that we're, we're trending in the in the right direction here. And, uh, you know, it's slow, but but we're getting there. And I would say, and yet, I would agree with that. And yet, after tonight, I think it's more likely that Trump will be reelected than I believed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sort of interested to pull on that thread as to, I mean, because I thought <laughs> Don't he was going to be excited. Get, I'm I, not no, happy I, about I it. I thought he was going <laughs> to be reelected yesterday and uh, the yeah, week I, before. But what I makes you, what, I'm just curious, what, What's different? And we only have a couple minutes, mm-hmm. but what's different today that makes you feel that way? Um, I Would it have taken, like, Democrats winning the, the Senate to I make you the, feel otherwise? the size of the wins okay. was pretty small. Right. Okay. Like the, the, you know, it, it's so, it was still so close. Mm-hmm. I had expected that when people come out to vote um, that the Democratic wins would have been bigger. And because they weren't, that's why I believe Trump has a better chance of winning 2020. Uh, All right. So we sort of went all the way around. And uh, I I feel like because a lot of those predictions were one-sided, Paul, is there anything you'd like to sort of readdress uh, at this point? Uh, Anything that – any any things that – the other panelists said that they were excited for that uh, maybe you're not excited for? Um, well, no, once again, I, I think I stand by, uh, I haven't seen anyone, maybe someone will surprise, that could that could take on someone like Trump, who has to have as many different skill sets as Trump has, which he has. Is he many. a five-tool player if he were a Major League Baseball <laughs> player? Would he have, <laughs> would he have hits, be. home runs, steals? No, but what I mean it's is like, like he can pitch, he can pitch and an inning. all sorts of these no, it's personality so I try, I'm disorders. I'm trying to keep it a little lighter, but <laughs> it's, what you said. These are skills. <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's really Gas hard lighting. to to, um, to to replicate a, um, I don't know, 100,000 RSVP in Texas or whenever he does his rallies. He has thousands and thousands of people, 20,000 well, 20, crowds, 20,000 people waiting outside, spending 4 a.m. That's like a different status, a different it's becoming something different. It's becoming a movement that most political pollsters and people try in focus groups to try to replicate. 
They try, they wish they could have that. Obama had it. They wish they could have that kind of, he does, it's, it's effortless to be able to draw where he's drawing in the Sex places appeal, that he's drawing. Sex appeal, I think, is what you're looking for. I mean, he's a he's very super, he's raw, raw human. But, but again, uh, just, I mean, from my opinion, pure I don't sure. see anybody who, who maybe Kamala Harris appeals to those in California. She's certainly not going to be appealing to across the Midwest. And, and I just think most, when I think about Cory Booker, I go down, Avenatti, I think about all these different people, and I'm like, no one, no one can really bring it all together for the electoral win, which is what it's about. Oprah, you might Oprah be, could. Yeah, she, she I, know you, I know you feel but, very wait, wait, strongly wait. about that, but do you... you but no, he, he, hold, hold on a second. Yeah, that's, the the, the, the voting tweet. machines were not working in Georgia. And so Those kinds of things oh, actually make a difference. And actually, they haven't. She hasn't lost yet, and they still think that there could be. A what, point. There's what, a recount. If it takes a second to look it up, that's fine. But uh, where is that race at at the moment? And it if, is. Let me know if you need a minute. Well, no, but I, I always say that Georgia is unique in the fact that the candidate has to get fifty percent plus one to avoid a runoff. Yeah. Like a lot of states where it's a winner take all, and that's it. So if Brian Kemp does not, when they're still counting on the absentee ballots, is forty nine point nine percent. That means they go into automatic recount. Is that where they are right too. now, though, is 49.9%? It's, it's not quite there, but I'm okay. saying, like, sh- they're saying that they're not quite ready to concede and that it's not quite there because of absentee and outstanding balance um, and some Democratic strongholds. So I'm saying that's a unique place to where there still could be a recount in December if that does happen. So. And Oprah endorsing somebody is not the same yeah, thing as Oprah running. running. Yeah, she's not right. No, but one. Trump took her out with one tweet. Trump could, <laughs> you can't take Oprah If you know the but, history, when he tweeted out, he said, I know, I know, Oprah knows that I know more about her than, than she's letting on. And he said this a long time ago when he was in the primaries, when people were saying, when they were talking about Oprah back then. And he nicely, casually put out there, because he's known Oprah for a long time. He said, I would love for her to run. And when he said, and this was, this isn't just in the last couple months, this was about a year and a half ago when he had dropped, oh, please do, Oprah, because they've all known each other for a long time. And he's like, I would love to. I would love for that because all of his skeletons are out there. I I don't think. He knows some stuff. I I don't. He knows how to play. He knows how to do that. I know he knows how to to make stuff up. Yeah. No, no. Oprah's not going to run. Just Oprah has been saying for like 10 years. I mean, do you think there's a chance that Stedman might run? Because (laughs) that would get me excited. Uh, 50%, by the way, Brian Kemp. So he's right at the line, but there's still 97% reporting. But it has to be that 50. Oh, okay. Right. So it's 50, 49, right? 48 right now. So, yeah, it's pretty close. Yet here we are, and it is, what, 2 o'clock on the East Coast. And that's. There's not really a lot outstanding at this point. And by that, I, I mean, look, this uh, whole hour and a half was beyond outstanding. Uh, obviously, the yeah. panel did a great job. But I mean outstanding in the sense for uh, that's that's really of of most national interest. That's kind of the last one that we're, we're really waiting to see unless I'm selling something well, short. Well, the House uh, in California, those votes are still ongoing, and that takes a while. So the seven House districts that we're waiting to hear back on, there's a few that are still outstanding. Also, again, Wisconsin Governor... It looks better for Democrat Tony Evers now because a bunch of uh, uh, 30,000 votes just came in for him. Um, That helps expand his lead. But again, that's still too close to call. Um, So it's really those House seats left in California and some of these uh, governor's races here. And of course, the Arizona and Nevada Senate seats are still being counted as well. So how did Missouri go? Or what? Or or, or, I'm sorry, um, Minnesota. 
uh, Democrat across the board. Across. Governor, Senate. Yeah. Well, and that was the uh, what the and I forget her name. I'm sorry. The, Tina Smith appointed mm-hmm. to replace Sal Franken. So yeah. now she what gets the full term yep. or okay. So that was that's literally what I knew about the Minnesota races was the Al Franken seat, who, which is of course not the Al Franken seat anymore because it's not him, Al Franken. In any the case, the former Al Franken. The seat. former Al Franken <laughs> seat. Uh, in any case, uh, we. I have enjoyed uh, speaking with everyone. I hope that uh, everyone in the chat has enjoyed it. Uh, Drexel, thank you for coming. You are always welcome to join us, except I know that because we do the show Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> you are busy. I'll call in. Yeah, well, that look, I, I'm, I'm perfectly <laughs> fine with that. Um, where do people find you out there in the world and the interwebs and such? At Drexel Heard. So easy. It's so easy. So simple. It's so simple. Uh, Paul, I remember from your email, yours is not so simple. But where do people find you? <laughs> Instagram uh, at Journey with the PKD. That's um, what it was. <laughs> I'm a Reiki master. I teach Wing Chun Kung Fu as well, and I like to opine on philo- philosophical and all sorts of things. So follow me. What there. do you think of Iron Fist? No, I'm just. <laughs> that's mostly a joke for for me. Uh, and uh, you can find me at Christian DMZ. That's Twitter and Instagram. And you can find the Trump Report at Trump Report ABTV, and you can find us in our normal time slot, and we see someone in the chat who is there every week. Thanks for joining us. We're so glad to see you here. Tuesdays at 4 Pacific, oh, 7 Eastern. we don't Eastern. get to give our shout-outs. No, no, I'm going to just go to... Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you okay today? <laughs> sounded like you were... No, <laughs> I'm just going this way. Oh, okay. And Chelsea, where do people find you? At Chelsea Galicia. Scott, where do people find you? <laughs> Tamara, where do people find you? <laughs> Tamara, where do people find you? Uh, find me on YouTube at Hey Tamara because I've just put up a new Sarah Huckabee Sanders for Halloween. Oh. So, it, and, check and that out. Will there be one for Thanksgiving or am I jumping too far ahead? We will. Do you think she'll still be That's around? That's what I was going to say. Will she still be we'll around? See. I, don't know. I think so. I, I, I don't know. I think that job's hers as long as she wants it. And Scott, where do people uh, find you? You can find me on Twitter at SMAN80. That's SMAN80. And as I mentioned before, Brooke Solis at Brooke Solis TV. Uh, thanks to her for joining us as well. And uh, we had a very lively chat. And look, we all get together on an election night, and everybody seems to be leaving with much better feelings than we did two years ago. Uh, so, except Scott didn't get to color in the map as we no, addressed earlier. But you know, <laughs> two more years, and we'll I didn't get, get my home state. We I will didn't get, get Florida to go. We will get. Blue, yeah. We will get a map for uh, 2020. Yes. Uh, anyway, special thanks to. Uh, Juliet in the booth. Uh, I was going to say bonjour, but at this point I should say au revoir. So uh, thank you uh, to everyone, and we will see you next Tuesday, 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 